Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a bathroom stall here in 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. I'm Phyllis Gove. We were in that stall for too long, I think. Uh, we were not in that stall, but the characters were. You know what I mean? I felt um, like I was in that stall with them for too long. I was in a lot of grimy bathrooms in this movie. There was one grimy bathroom in particular that I never want to go to again. The one Kate Hudson was in? Yep. Um, with us today to discuss... <laughs> Our tour of grimy bathrooms yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. is Sean O'Connor. Oh, hey. Sean. <laughs> oh, hi. I like that you were surprised. Yeah. Oh, right. it's like oh, oh, me? There are all there's a lineup of eight of us. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm shocked it's I true. got picked. It's true. It's true. Um, thank you for, for coming on the show, Sean, to discuss this movie. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. The Kate Hudson bathroom actually made me cringe. So it was disgusting. Gross. It was that too was disgusting. Really, that, she that put her hand in disgusting. it. Yeah, it was awful. So, Sean, you're a writer. You're on. James Corden's show. You write on a show called Solar, Solar Opposites. Opposites right now. Yeah, right now. It should come out in early 2020. It's animated. It's from oh, Jesus. The Minds Behind Rick and Morty. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So, I love Rick and Morty. Yeah. yeah Rick so and Morty great is minds. Very good. Yeah, very good. It's yeah. very Which good minds? Uh, Justin Roiland and Mike McMahon. Cool. There you go. That's yeah. cool. They're great. Yeah. The the less problematic minds. Yeah, Dan, Dan Harmon. Well, we're a floor above, and but Dan Harmon comes in and looks for Mike McMahon occasionally. I think Dan Harmon's a genius, um, and I've been a Justin Roiland fan since House of Cosby's. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's great. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, and, and choosing this movie. We've we've been circling it for a while. We have been circling. People it for a really while. are kind of into this movie. It's a fun movie. 
in a weird way. It's a weird movie. It's a perfectly 1990s movie. Like no, it, t- it takes place all in one night. It's uh, you're it's you know uh, nostalgic for the the early 80s, late 70s, but this is the early 80s. Yeah. That's like, it fits the timeline of the 90s. Like, in 1999, yeah. those people were making movies, and then it's it's an American <laughs> graffiti for oh, worse that's a people. Good, that's a good... A, a problem I have for yeah. worse people, like a, the problem I have with this movie, not to jump into problems, because I think, like, like, I don't think it's a fun movie. I think it's a good movie. It's hard to kind of, it's hard, hard to kind of explain it, because I, I as yeah. we said, kind of on the way up, I do think the first hour and 15 minutes are kind of a slog. And then I think the last, like, 15 to 20 minutes of this movie kind of rule. So I had fun spending time in this world. Now there's definitely storylines I didn't love. Yes, of course. It felt to me like an unstageable play. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's fair. That was the scope scope of it kind of. Yeah, Yeah. it kind of was. It felt, it felt super small. It came off like they didn't really have money. And then when they finally got money, they just blew it all on the soundtrack. Because the soundtrack was wild. It's Which a great is soundtrack. Probably why we can't get it anywhere other than physical DVDs. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they can't get the rest of any of the music. So I saw this movie like eight times when I was like a <laughs> teenager. Because uh-huh. I, I was like, oh my God, it has like all these people I like from other things yeah. all coming together. It was yeah. the Avengers of 1999. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, super. What a sad commentary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got Nicole Jai Parker from Boogie Night. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that that's the poll. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, I think Becky Barna, it has a very. Um, How did we not bring up the truth, Becky Barna, the entire Blue Streak podcast? Yeah, she's yeah. so she's so good. That. She's so good. What in Blue Streak or Boogie Nights? She's underutilized in that in everything. Actually, yeah. she's really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's yeah. never been well utilized. This movie has a dazed and confused vibe to it, a little it, bit. It does. It has that classic Shaggy 90s. kind of like just people hanging out. Hanging out, talking yeah. all in one night. Yeah. Like, I mean, like. A but thing. about nothing specific in this movie. This movie's vague. All the conversations are super vague. Yeah. Like, I. Uh, so, one thing when I'm watching this as a teenager, I was like, oh, these are like cool New York types. But then watching it last night. I was like, oh, this movie is about like horny artists looking to fuck on New Year's Eve. I did. Yeah. I kind of lost the thread as a teenager about yeah. that. Like everyone is just desperate and horny. Like even if they're not like, like Ben Affleck is desperate and horny in it. It's it's this weird kind of, it, yeah. it, it comes from this weird place in time, which is like, you don't make movies about that anymore. And don't even thinks that way anymore. You know, like no one even thinks about like sex as conquest, sex as like kind of this this purely physical casual activity. That it's just not really an interesting. It's not really an interesting uh, like narrative device. That's that's all this movie is until the last twenty minutes. Yeah, when it really comes together, there. I will say that there are pairs that I found myself oddly invested in. The the biggest one being the Paul Rudd Courtney Love thing. I was like. Why do I care? But these don't make any sense together. It's insane. I turned to my (laughs) wife and I was like, it's so crazy that the whole selling point of this movie is, man, I hope Paul Rudd and Courtney Love end up together. And it's true. I found myself rooting for these two, and I don't know why. It's a stroke of genius. (laughs) Paul Rudd, forget him. He he, he means nothing to me in this context. 
The casting of Courtney Love in this role is yeah. such a stroke of genius. Yeah. This is who she was meant to be. Not yeah. maybe the lead singer of Hole Two, which I think is a really <laughs> important, interesting band. And I actually, yeah. I actually love Hole, but that's not really the point. Like the point is like she's like deep inside her is Drew Barrymore. Yes, yes, yes she's yes, a yes, she's yes, a romantic yes. lead. Like yeah. also, like when you know all of the baggage that comes along with Courtney Love. You are rooting for shit too. Yeah, you're. That's why Drew Barrymore works. Is you're rooting for her to find love, just because you can't remove her from the character. So you might as well just give in. God, I'm thinking about Paul Rudd in a bath and thinking I'm, I'm making out with Kurt Cobain's wife. Yeah, you know. But forget that. That's another yeah. point. It, it really there there is something so just sweet and very and charming about her in this charming. movie. Charming and and also like she's a great actress. She really. I mean, she I is. I adore her in the people versus Larry Flynn. People sleep on that movie, and I don't know why that movie's oh, yeah. fucking great. And she's great in it. And what she's not that great in is the other 99 movie man on the moon she's she's not bad she's not no, i don't i mean that the role's underwritten and she doesn't really have anything to do she's kind of in it yeah i agree that's what I, not her performance at all it's, well, it's unfortunate because i do watch these i watch this woman i'm like is there a, a like rom-com courtney love career that we're just that we just didn't get yes so the thing with <laughs> the people versus larry flint and man on the moon two movies i really do love mm-hmm. and i think she's great in them is they both tr- they they both utilize her rock star persona perfectly to, yeah. well yeah well perfectly yeah. but also like they they kind of they they kind of use that to imbue these these tough girl roles right one's a porn star the mm-hmm. other one i mean he meets her wrestling or she's like anyone who's dating andy coffin's half crazy anyway this is totally <laughs> against type this is risa garcia who directed this movie obviously has seen courtney love come in a bunch of times and obviously knows her personally says i think i know what you're good at i think i know who you really are um, I will also say too, when she says to him, I dare you to fuck me, when it comes out of her mouth, I buy it. Yeah. When it comes out of his, I'm like, mm, whatever. But like with her, you're just like, yeah, that that feels like something you'd have to be dared to do on it's a certain I'm, level. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just she's she is ferocious and and her persona imbued, to your point, into this role gives it a whole level of dimension that Sorry, it wouldn't I, have had otherwise. I'm, I'm so into this, Sean. I'm I'm totally gonna stop after this. I have one more thing to say about this. <laughs> This is a lot closer to the girl, to, to the best friend, the, the, the platonic best friend that I've had in my life. Like yes. that kind of person, like, like a lot, like cooler than me, tougher, like more experienced. That's what they've always looked like. They were never like this, like dorky girl next door. Well, what I liked about the script uh, in general for the whole film was I think there's three characters in it that the, uh, the writer really based on people she knew or are herself. I feel like Gabby Hoffman as Steffi is the writer because she's there. Yeah. She knows that she shouldn't be doing this yeah. stuff. She's like, I mean, that is the true artist is mm-hmm. being like, uh, this is stupid and awful. And like, this could be interesting. And then she's there to tell Martha Plimpton what she missed at the end. She, that's her. I believe Courtney Love is based on like her older sister who, because there is this like kind of <laughs> coolness to her. And like, what I always wondered what she was doing on that night. Yeah. She was probably uh, telling her depressed friend to fuck her in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think uh, Kate Hudson's character was based on whoever she hated the most. That, yeah. But Kate Hudson gets a happy ending. Very she does. Ending. And what I love about Kate Hudson, my big takeaway from this movie, I have three things that I absolutely love. 
Kate Hudson, who we also wasted w- w- in her career. She is a the Buster Keaton of 1999. <laughs> she should be doing slapstick. Yeah. She should have been doing it. Instead, we just jerked off to her and almost made it. <laughs> <laughs> no. a, yeah, yeah, that's fair. What are the other two things? You Number two, Martha Plimpton is one of our greatest She's comedic fantastic. actresses, She's and we should yeah. we it's should terrible. Yeah. That's the you know what I didn't see this coming. This movie kind of did her dirty a little bit, too. Like, I'm not sure that this movie gave her... No, that's not fair. You don't think so? No, it's like... I think Deshaun's point. I think you get the full Plimpton, and I think that... (laughs) The full Plimpton. Plimpton, She had this very weird thing. There's a very kind of... uh, Not the nicest thing to say about her, but it's to me, it's true. Martha Plimpton goes from, like, cool chick in the 90s to mom in that fucking Fox show in in the span of about fucking six years. Yeah. And it's... Over for her playing cool chicks. Remember the show I'm talking, talking yeah, about? Yeah, Raising Hope. Yeah, Raising Hope. She is mom. People love mom, Raising Hope. Yeah, mom to like a 19 year old. She's true. not just like she's not just like mom. She's like older mom. I, I, just we, to be we clear, just lost. Her. I loved Martha Plimpton in this movie. I I guess what I say that it, it's it's unfortunate that she's trapped in her apartment for the entire for the entire episode for the entire yeah. movie. Like I kind of wish that we got to see her. Interacting with more than two people. Yeah, that's it. She gets to interact yeah. with one person at one time and another person at another yeah. time. And then, like, one scene where she's just drinking alone. However, every time she's on screen, you do perk up. Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she, she's she's great. And, I mean, I love her. I, 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 I was not we, We've all been so. her before, right? Yes. I, the, 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 the fear that the party I've that no one's going to show up for. I've always yeah. assumed no one would come to. Yes, and I feel like her character in general is probably the most stock character mm-hmm. uh, in the whole film, uh, with mm-hmm. the exception of Paul Rudd, who is just like neurotic, so yeah, neurotic nineteen nineties guy. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. the ruddiest. Yeah, just he's look. the ruddiest. <laughs> yeah, he's like I did like him in it though. He sells it. Well, but well it's yeah, just, there's nothing. Paul, you know, yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. And you he know, has like Paul Rudd. The world ends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has little moments where he like brightly throws something out in the garbage can. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's yeah. that's classic. That Best moment. Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> the way he was that, it was great. But, but but Plimpton is so stuck in the fact that she is just there to be like, yeah. I'm the host of this party that no one's showing up to. Like, I will say though, and I can't, I honestly don't know why, but I remembered very little about this movie when I saw it in '99. But the image that stayed with me was Martha Plimpton sucking on Elvis Costello's glasses. Oh, that yeah. was rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you're just. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason, that's what stayed with me. And that scene with Gabby Hoffman is one of the best scenes in the movie. It really because is. Because she's just it first of all, Gabby Hoffman saying, Yeah, he kept asking for that recipe. No one knew. <laughs> which is great. And Martha's really funny in that scene. Yes. But but I agree that we don't really get much to do with her. You don't like she she is just there to be, you know. Like in every other party movie, the person whose house it is is yeah. like asking yeah. people to use a coaster. I'm glad that they gave her something yeah. to do. Like the dude in uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Which, oh, oh yeah, Bogey oh, Lowenstein. Yes, Bogey Lowenstein. <laughs> you knew that. Bogey yeah. Lowenstein. Yes. One of my <laughs> other favorite movies of 1999. With the punch ball. Or the fish oh. ball. So I wonder, I want, there was a point you made about Kate Hudson that I loved about how Slapstick. she's, well, that, yeah. yes, but she's based on the writer's worst enemy. Mm. If that's true, which it very well might be, it makes me think this writer is a wonderful person because she can look at her worst enemy and give her such a happy ending, the, the kind of happy ending that you wish upon your best friends, basically, that she finds happiness in this way you 
way you'd never expect, with this person you'd never expect. But in a way, so like the way Kate Hudson's character is written is she's like this prim and proper, like New York socialite type who is like, you know, like so, so prude. She loses her virginity to Jay Moore, which like, I fucking hate Jay Moore. But like, he's not great in this movie. He's real bad at it, but he didn't have a great 99. But he, uh, but she, so like her whole thing is she's just getting shit on the entire time. And her happy ending is she ends up with Casey Affleck, like a young New York punk, which, which I liked, which is great. It's great in the, this movie. But it, I feel like there's darker intentions behind it of being like, this is the exact type of person who will ruin her life. <laughs> so, like, when you are That's writing it, it's a sweet ending. No, I didn't mind but it at all. You gotta want it for that ending. Yeah, no, I felt I like liked that. I actually wanted, I was like, I wanna see that movie. You know what I, I wanna see the movie where Kate Hudson and Casey Affleck it are was... like trying to make it work, like Romeo and Juliet. Exactly. Well, so like Act Three, I'd love to see that, right? Yeah, Act Three friggin' rocks. Like it, 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 <laughs> it is the best part of the movie. It's yeah. However, what I it is a bit of a cheat that you don't see the party because then you could just do things with like Kate Hudson and Casey. Like it becomes this mystery matching game yeah. where it's like, yeah, Janine Garofalo, because of course she's in a '90s movie, uh, ends up with Elvis Costello and Casey Affleck, and they they switch up everything. And they, uh, I they kind s- of like that we don't see the party. They though. set your it's, it's this weird magic trick. Now I'm starting to think this is a brilliant movie. It's this weird <laughs> magic trick where they set your expect your narrative expectations. Yep. For this, and, and your your expectations, what they're capable of executing, so low that it doesn't bother me at all. In yeah. fact, I didn't want to see the party. Yeah. The pictures were like, it yeah. was like, yeah. it was like, it was like you've given me yeah. a present. Yeah. Dave yeah. Chappelle narrating Polaroids. What yeah. a thrill! Oh, super yeah. funny, and him yeah. constantly calling Elvis Costello a necrophiliac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that girl's dead. Yeah. yeah, no, that was great. I mean, that's the. There's a part of me that feels like. It's, it's so a stroke weird. of genius at the end, not showing the party, the the excitement of seeing all these people get together, which, by the way, we've seen that before, right? I've seen the disparate stories that all come together at the end, if it's Crazy Stupid Love, if it's, oh. you know what I mean? Uh, Magnolia obviously being the best version of that. But even then, you don't see everybody actually physically come together in Magnolia. This is one of those things where, you know, playing by heart, I think, did it as well, where, like, it was all sort of – they're all family members or whatever. It is like the conceit where you fold everything together. This was the the most exciting version of that, and I never would have thought this it coming out of this movie. This would have sucked if we saw the, all these characters <laughs> yeah. getting together. Yeah. It would, have, it, would have, it would have felt exactly like you don't want it to feel. Yeah. It, it really is, and that is why it is kind of a magic trick because – no one wa- when you show how a magic trick works, it's annoying. <laughs> You're pissed off that that worked on you. Yeah. So like, you would just be like really angry watching Kate Hudson yeah. ditch Jay oh, Moore yeah. for Kate. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it is, and why I kind of do love it is, it's so exciting to build up the party. Realize. That you can never actually do the party. You can't pay it off. You can't pay it yeah, off. It yeah. will just be a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And then just have like, yeah, you know what? A lot of people hooked up. <laughs> and Gabby Hoffman's confident. We're not going to tell you why she's confident all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get a pull uh, on that one. So, um, so Sean. I'm where shocked were- how much I've already like, like, changed my opinion on this movie from like I liked it to like yeah. – it's a, it this, might this, be a great movie. Be quite, a, yeah. quite, quite, a, quite a come up for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 99, where were you? Oh, I was uh, in eighth grade. Nice. Yeah, in New Jersey, the okay. Jersey Shore. What up? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Middletown, New Jersey. You were not the, well, Middletown's not 
on the Jersey Shore, is it? It's like right off the Jersey Shore. You're not the first guest we've had from that area. Oh, that we, makes perfect sense. We had sense. someone from like, like, like really like one of like one of like Seaside or something. Like, oh yeah, actual like town. Who was that? I can't remember. Ashley Lyle. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say yeah, ten, yeah. ten things out about you. Yeah, she's she's real sure. Like she's like I think she like grew <laughs> up Belmar. in Belmar. Belmar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yeah, no, you're 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 from you're from a place with hospitals uh, and police officers. And... Yeah, we have police officers. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, and we're I mean we're hospital adjacent, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're... Sure, I'm, I'm from a town without a hospital. Yeah, I mean we're yeah. It's the it's I'm the... from a town without a hospital. It's literally terrifying to me the idea that like what if somebody gets sick or needs a doctor? You go to Mount Kisco. But I'm from one of the towns that are the tri cities of the Viewsku universe. Ooh, yeah, yeah. you got some oh. Kevin Smith. What are the other two? Uh, Leonardo and <laughs> Red Bank. I, no, literally, I mean, these no, I mean, three I places know. I would never go. No offense. Yeah, no, no, they're awful. <laughs> they're awful. They're, I've, I've seen, I've seen them, I've seen them play roller hockey on a on a roof. I, yeah, I, I don't. You get it. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I don't understand how that works. Roller hockey on a roof. Seen clerks. Oh yeah, I just don't remember. Oh, that. it's there. It's, it's honestly, a, it's the like big the big set, set piece. <laughs> 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 I guess I got to rewatch Clerks. <laughs> it's their big set piece. <laughs> no, we have dog with us here too, which like we do we, have dog which, we we keep forgetting. I mean, at least I keep I don't pretending forget. It, I keep pretending it doesn't exist. Oh, oh we're doing it. Speaking of '99, that was what I was watching yeah. in 1999. Dogma. I yeah. love Dogma. I thought th- I there was a period I haven't in my seen it life since and I never. I've never, I've never admitted this. this on this podcast. There was a period of my life, I would say in 2000, I was a senior in high school, and I was, you know, a very big cinema nerd, and I was walking around with my top ten movies of all time at the ready. Was it on there? Dogma was on the list in 19 in 2000. It has significantly been <laughs> it's been significantly downgraded in my head. Uh, yeah, uh, I <laughs> have you seen? It I recently? rewatched it recently, okay. and like. I I loved it when I was thirteen. Yeah, I would say I, I think my on Letterbox I gave it a three point five uh, out of ten out, out of five. Okay. I, it actually held up better than I was expecting. It the ship monster, the ship monster. Ship monster. All I think about it. The ship, ship monster. monster is hard to is hard to justify. <laughs> However, Matt Damon it's is so good in it. Like he's really yeah he's like real I'm excited good. to do it he's I know you're actor. scared you're you're a little bit nervous about it but I'm excited to do all it. the movies <laughs> that I've been nervous about for the most part have been a lot better than I thought they would be Dudley Do Right for instance I mean so. I'm, I I truthfully have yet to be the the Nader the two movies that I was the most disappointed in Chill Factor and Story of Us Chill Factor was just disappointed no 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 like joyless oh, like frustrated I saw, in I like, saw Chill Factor opening night. Oh my god! Uh, That's Skeet Ulrich and yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh wow. hell yeah! Why? Well, I was such a, I was the <laughs> biggest Scream fan. Like I, okay, when I was like okay. eleven years old, I saw Scream, and so Sheets Crew must really disappoint you. Oh, big time! <laughs> Although I'm very happy to see him on Riverdale. <laughs> Scream, Scream, Scream. Also on my top ten, two thousand list. Sure. Oh, it, and it probably think, still would be. I think Scream yeah. is still on my top ten. It's list. a great fucking oh, movie. Scream's, Scream's an amazing. Movie. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. No, no shame in that. It's yeah. One of the Great but movie. I yeah. followed everyone. Like, oh, if wow. you so were in another career, movie, dude, I was like, oh yeah, no. I there was a time which I've never admitted this, and it's it, it's going <laughs> to be upsetting as I say it. I want you guys to be prepared for how awful this is. I <laughs> was the vice president of the Jamie Kennedy fan club. <laughs> 
I would talk to him on AOL. <laughs> and like, like that's he. Much, that's much worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> He was like, he was selling his vice president. Who is the president? Uh, this girl. <laughs> there was someone above you in, this, yeah, in the was, ranks? It was a girl named Katie in Iowa. Uh, there, there were several assassination attempts on her life. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Do, what are your, what are your thoughts on Katie Jamie Kennedy today? Oh, well. Funny you should ask. So, Jamie Kennedy is a stand-up. I do stand-up. Mm-hmm. I've never encountered him other than one time <laughs> I was at a gas station on uh, Los Feliz. <laughs> the perfect place to be. He meet had a full matted-out Bentley, and he oh. was just screaming at a, a woman who I'm guessing was 18 years old about how much of a dumb whore she was. And I was like, you are... Uh, are the- you? Do you really think she was 18? <laughs> uh... <laughs> She was probably older. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm lessening her sure. age. Okay. I mean, what's a big deal? She's probably the vice president of his family. <laughs> She's the president. Yeah. It was Katie. <laughs> but it was... It, it, Katie! <laughs> Why can't you be more like Sean? <laughs> it was so disappointing to see a guy that I truly thought was like the future of uh, film comedy. <laughs> really? Oh, my. I thought he was so good at Scream. That's He's, not crazy. He was good in screen. He was, but what? Yeah. You just realized he has no ability outside of that one character. Randy. And he thought yeah. he had many characters in him. Yeah. Like, he was like. Well, didn't Seth Green just kind of steal his bit? No. In Seth, life? In career. I think Seth is good. I think. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't saying Seth is bad. It just feels like there was. They both kind of were ascending at the same time. And Seth Green's career went places. James didn't. They both should have, I think they both should have stayed in the lane of, like, white nerd. (laughs) What happened was, I think Seth found, like, the, like, kind of urbanizing the way he spoke. Mm. First. Because of Can't Hardly Wait. Because of Can't Hardly Wait, which, by the way, he, like, stuck with. And then Jamie Kennedy. I Can't Hardly Wait, but. Oh, Can't Hardly Wait is. And because of Scott Evil. Like. Yes. Like. Yes. That, that's all true, but like he was given that persona, yeah, and he stuck with it. I, I don't think it was dumb. I think that made his career. It did but, make his yeah. career. I think Seth is is very good. Like I, mean, I think I, Seth is very smart. I mean, yeah. Robot Chicken and looking at the at sort of you know the the whatever you want to call it. The, he built a, a a company and he built a brand for himself. Stupid buddy. Yeah. The, yeah. the stupid verse. Stupid. Stu- <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, Jamie Kennedy saw him do that and try. Like he was yeah. then the follower of it. And- what was the Jamie Kennedy experiment? Because I don't – all I remember was, like, there were exes involved or something, and I it, just – It was punked. It was. It, was, it was punked or candid camera, but with him playing the character that was, like, pranking people. Was he under, like, heavy makeup? makeup? Heavy makeup. Okay. Uh, was he in blackface? You betcha. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, I, Shit. Yeah, I think my, my time in the Jamie Kennedy fan club lasted from – Scream to right around Scream <laughs> Two. I feel like that. I feel like that, that would that would be a real a real heavy heavy press release. Like it's with a heavy heart. Yeah, that I, that I must rescind my vice presidency. Yeah. He puts his badge. Uh, and yeah, walks yeah. Away. Sorry, yeah. Jamie. I just yeah. Um, so, what other movies in '99? You're you, you said you were in high school. High school. Okay. Uh, no, no, grade school. I was in eighth grade. Okay, uh, so you're in eighth grade. Yeah, I uh, loved Ten Things I Hate About You. Was huge for me. Sure. Uh, was South Park 99? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure was. South Park was huge. Sure. I remember the night after graduation, we saw Austin Powers 2, and 
I proclaimed, there's going to be no movie funnier than this in the rest of history. <laughs> still our, still our, highest, our highest downloaded episode is, is Austin yeah. Powers by you shagged me. So. Uh, I regret everything of the 1990s, I assume. No. No, like everyone else should. <laughs> so, okay, so you're, you were drawn more towards... Highest re- it's without even like, not even, nothing's even within striking distance. This of it. one should be. I this agree. is the one that should beat it. I agree. Uh, people love Austin Powers by Shagged Me. I, it's interesting. So you gravitated more towards the comedies, obviously, also, right? Yeah. Shit related. Okay. Whenever I think of that movie, I think That's of all like, I think is shit. Went, went shit Poop in that movie. And butts. Shit and butts. dogma. Things and butts. Shit in this movie. Was Three Kings 99? Mm-hmm. Shit in Three uh, Kings. Well, Three, ki- Three Kings. Three Kings is great. It's great. That, that was like, I think, one of the. Yeah, like that and Kevin Smith's movies, just because that was yeah. like very close. Three to Kings home. is a movie that that kind of gets slept on a little bit in the conversation of ninety nine too, because there's so many big movies in ninety nine, movies that either weren't big at the time but have proved to be obviously seismic now. And that's like it's, it's not it's, always in the conversation it I, should be because it's, it's a fucking part, great movie. It's part of ninety nine's deep bench, right? Yeah. So like I almost look at it like the dream team, like the USA dream team. It's like Wait, John Stockton was on that mm-hmm. team. David yeah. Robinson was on that team. It's kind of one of those where I don't think it's like in your starting five. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. in either of yeah. ours, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's not a world beater, but it's just a it. really fucking good movie. It's, movie. it's so good, and it's still fact, my favorite David O. Russell movie. Mine too. I, yeah. I was. Yeah. Literally just Sorry. about to say that. No, but no, do not apologize. Yeah. It's nice to have a three king head. What are people's favorite David O. Russell movie? What like you guys I, I think that is the answer for most people. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Silver Linings Playbook fans well, out not, there. Not me. Yeah, I hated that movie. I think there's I mean there's a lot of people that just that I mean, people talk about that movie like it was the Jerry Maguire of its year. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, was it was, but it's the, the rom. No, it's obviously not. Um, and there are some fa- there are some fighter fans out there too. I would argue that Flirting with Disaster is my second favorite. Yes, Flirting yeah. with Disaster is a uh, perfect movie. It's a like, fucking great movie. Yeah, it's that's when he figured out like what he was trying to do. I also respect I Heart Huckabees. It's yeah, a fucking I, I crazy love that movie. movie. That's yeah. probably my the movie's there's, insane. There's a lot of Huckabee heads. Uh, I. <laughs> Fuckabee heads? Yeah, yeah, the Fuckabees. Uh, <laughs> Fuckabee heads. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. I am not. His filmography is fucking over. It's ins- yeah, it it's is. it is. But one thing he did direct that nobody knows mm. is the KFC I Ate the Bones commercial. Well, really? I love and, that. Yeah, and I think more people should be talking about that. <laughs> he did I Ate the Bones? Yeah, that's my number three David O. Russell film. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible it's so much better than uh, joy if that's not <laughs> that's, if not, that's not true which i assume it is it's one of the funniest jokes anyone's ever made <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunately <laughs> true i mean i hate the that's incredible the <laughs> KFC kills it. I don't hear any more about Geico. It's KFC <laughs> to the end. I mean David o. Russell is just a guy who sort of lost the thread. I think I heard Huckabee's he spun off and everyone's oh, like I- you don't belong on this planet anymore. And then he gets the fighter which well, I think helps the, him because and saves the Lily him. Tomlin fight too. Which got online somehow. Which that is was I heard Huckabee's. Yeah. yeah. But that yeah. movie's I think there's a lot of interesting that stuff movie, in that movie, but That movie 
fucking rules. I watched it within the last six months. Yeah. It's like if it's crazy. If you're not if you're not watching it like an <laughs> asshole, where you're like, none of this makes sense. This is this is yeah. all pretentious bullshit. It's yeah. actually to me not pretentious bullshit. It's the first movie that actually tries to dissect a relationship between a mother and a, a mother and his son, or a son and his mother, in a way that I actually recognize. Oh, uh, you should see Mother by Albert Brooks. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say by <laughs> Darren Aronofsky. I have, I have seen that. I'm afraid to watch it again. Oh. It holds up. But it's it ha- actually unrelated. Really? It Brooks. has one of my favorite weird it. lines. I mean, I love Albert Brooks so much. But when he eats the old sherbet and he, he says, it tastes like an orange foot. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch Mother again. Uh, it's it's just, I don't know. It's interesting. David Russ is an interesting guy. And, and I, I, I think it's. He has a weird it's, relationship with his mother, I would imagine. I would imagine he does. Yeah. He's, I think, I think he's, he has a weird relationship with every with people, woman. With human, yeah. or human or, beings. Yeah, human yeah. beings. That's why he has this, I yeah. think Three Kings, I, I was recently reading, like, uh, like the Clooney debacle with him yeah, like them he, getting into literally a fight. He, yeah, physical he, fight. and he, he fought with everyone on that. Yeah. Then I heard Huckabee, he's, he's yelling at yeah. a national treasure, Lily Tomlin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's interesting, too, that he comes off of Three Kings and does I Heard Huckabees. Like, he was given his this was the big studio movie he was given big movie stars that's a blank check that's a huge movie three kings is a is a that's a big movie and no, clearly i'm saying the next yeah, one the is next a one blank our, check. the heart yeah. pocket is he comes off of that big studio movie which again as we've noted didn't really get the love that it deserved three kings and then he makes our Huckabees, which is a detect existential detective movie which is just bonkers in its own right but it, there's a lot of great stuff and naomi watts is hilarious in it it's a good mm-hmm. movie and then it's just like he's got nowhere to go. He feels like he's in the wilderness. I feel like he's just like kind of in movie jail. And then Aronofsky hands him the fighter and he makes the fighter interesting. Was he, was he handed the fighter or did Aronofsky step off? And, Aronofsky like, still produced he did? the fighter. I think he was still yeah. involved in it in some form or another. Yeah, he didn't want to follow up the wrestler with, with the, the fighter. The fighter. <laughs> they yeah. re- they yeah. remind me a lot of each other. They do? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I they they share one common link. Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah. An obsession with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I don't know. They I, both made their worst movies with Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I, I like Joy more than you guys do. I don't like Joy. Uh, uh, I also don't really particularly like American Hustle either. Oh, that's a terrible movie. Is American, that what you were talking about? I well, mean, America, she's in both of them. I think American Hustle is the worst. Okay. I, yeah. I think Joy has its moments, but also it's like... Did this movie need to be made? I assumed I assumed you guys were talking about Joy because we were always talking about Joy. I think American Hustle is total I th- garbage. I think Joy is kind of fun and interesting. I, th- I think that Joy comes to life with Bradley Cooper when they're on the screen together. What doesn't? <laughs> yeah, it turns out. <laughs> Stars born lover across the table here. You know, he did direct that. Did he? Yes. He conceived and, and that wrote it, and directed wrote it? it. Yeah, him and Eric Roth. I'm not, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the, know, the, know, the performance. Eric Roth wrote that performance. No, no, he he conceived of that performance. Okay, can't we all be like? I don't, George I don't, I don't hate. What is this bullshit? <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. You so, and David Sims. <laughs> can't wait to meet him. I know. Yeah. Uh, so, so okay, yeah. Comedies in '99. That was what was really working for you, and th- that was the stuff that B- really big kind time. Of, yeah. I mean, like uh, it was like the second coming of teen movies. I was like really into the teen movies from the 1980s. Sure. So like when you had Ten Things I Hate About You, you had Freddie Prince Jr. and things. Like it you was... Had, yeah, yeah. Lots yeah, of, lots of was, teen stuff. It was exhilarating. Like yeah. I... Claire Forlani. It was never better for Claire Forlani. When was Claire... For, what was she in in 99? I don't 
She's a mall rat. She's a mall rat. That was in 99. But she was yeah. probably in, Bo- was Boys and Girls around that time? It was. It was 2000. Came right out. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, loved, Lonnie, I loved her, I loved her too. too. She was yeah, great. So and, and then who could forget uh, Micho Black? Black the, the, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> so many people could forget that three-hour opus. Um, so I'm going to do the synopsis real quick for 200 Cigarettes. Um, this ensemble comedy follows an array of young people in New York City on New Year's Eve. Among the numerous characters looking for love and fun are impulsive artist Ellie, played by Ginny Garofalo, punks Tom Casey, Tom, played by Casey Affleck, and Dave, played by Guillermo Diaz, who meet up with Steffi, played by Gabby Hoffman, and Val, played by Christina Ricci, two girls from Long Island. Also interacting with various partygoers are a pensive bartender, played by Ben Affleck, and a taxi driver, played by Dave Chappelle, who operates a disco cab. 200 Cigarettes opened on February 26, 1999, in 10th place, with $3.2 million behind 8mm and The Other Sister. Hell of a weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, It would go on to make $6.8 million worldwide on a $6 million budget, which is kind of shocking considering this cast at this time. Yeah. Like, even though these people are not the movie stars they are today, they still were names back then. It's a little surprising that it didn't do. Not really. Uh, 200 Cigarettes has 28% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 58% from audiences. No, most of these people weren't much. Yeah, um, you have to. Uh, you, I, I mean, think Ricci, kind of. Ben Affleck. This is kind of. Kind of. Yeah, he had good all tickets, true, but he had. Yeah. Not, he had, he had all, not. Yes, yes. He'd yes, also, yeah. you know. He yeah. hadn't done like reindeer games yet. Right. Like. <laughs> That, sure he didn't have that, that that's masterpiece where, yeah that's where he gets catapulted yeah. into the a-list huh. i guess so wait he no well, 98 he's done armageddon he's done he armageddon it's and true. he's done goodwill hunting ben affleck is easily the biggest name on this he, on I this think poster they kind yes. of sold it off yeah. him a little bit too. when he weirdly was like he said he would do the movie for his brother to try to help his brother who's he, hardly in the who's movie. hardly in the movie but he was he thought he thought it was going to be a star making performance for casey so he does the movie apparently and had no idea he was going to be in it as much as he was i mean him and dave chappelle's characters don't have names in the cast he is bartender and dave chappelle is cab driver yeah i mean uh <laughs> there's so much wrong with that why Ben Affleck did this for Casey Affleck. Because all it took Casey Affleck was, if you're a creep to girls, they fall in love with you. Apparently. Yeah. Which, by the way, I think still affects him to this day. <laughs> you <Yeah>. think? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard. Allegedly. Uh, so, Roger Ebert, who gave the movie half a star and spends literally 90% of his review talking about how no one looks cool smoking in this movie and that that's like a big problem for him. He's really hung up on the title, on the smoking most of his review. By the way, I uh, again, I've seen this movie eight times in my teen years, and then so mm-hmm. last night, uh, I never realized why it was called Two Hundred Cigarettes until last night. A carton of cigarettes. A carton of cigarettes. <laughs> they even like. She, I know I didn't tell right now. When she <laughs> buys the carton of cigarettes, yeah. I'm like, that's the Two Hundred Cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. there, there's. It, I will say there are there are lines about smoking in this film that are completely unnecessary and completely superfluous, including the last one, which is the the line that Courtney Love says to him. And he's like, I got to quit smoking. And he's talking about how smoking is a way of distracting from human interaction. And you're just like, did she say you're going to get fat? <laughs> she does say that to yeah, him. I think so. Yeah. Like that. He's like, oh, I got to put this out. Yeah. And that, wow. So the, I, I will agree with, with Roger Ebert insofar is that this film makes maybe too much of a meal out of smoking. Yeah. He makes way too much of a meal out of it in his review, but I'll read a very brief part of it. He says, seeing a film like this helps you realize that actors are empty vessels waiting to be filled with characters and dialogue. 
that in, in and of itself is insulting to actors, but we'll put that aside. As people, they are no doubt smarter and funnier than the cretins in this film. I am <laughs> cretins. What an asshole. If I, I am reminded of Gene Siskel's bottom line test for a film. Is this movie more entertaining than a documentary of the same people having lunch? Here, they are contained by small ideas and arch dialogue and lack the juice of life. Maybe another 200 cigarettes would have helped. Coughing would be better than some of this dialogue. Yeah, I mean. Come on, Roger. Like, I don't think. You know what, Phil? Yeah, yeah. For this podcast, we have to watch a lot of movies. <laughs> we do. And sometimes, as you said, I think on the last podcast, it could feel like homework. And sometimes it's hard to come up with shit to say about it. And sometimes Roger just doesn't have a review. That's what I think. Yeah. I yeah. think he watches three or four movies every day. And I think he gets real fucking bored at some of them. And this is a real boring movie for a lot of it. And I don't think he cared. I think he just spit this I, one I out. Agree. I agree. And that's true. But I do think the flip side is the San Francisco Chronicle says 200 Cigarettes doesn't have a bad scene or a false note. The picture is a succession of pointed little moments nicely written and acted with comic assurance and sensitivity. See, I like being somewhere in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think also Roger Ebert was looking uh, – was watching this with like 1999 eyes where like truly – this was a blip on the map of all the movies that he was seeing. It's like, oh, Courtney loves romantically. <laughs> Didn't she kill her husband? <laughs> I'm just saying that's what people thought in 1999. Yeah, I don't no, believe yeah, it. No one believes that now. Yeah. Kill the band. Um, so there's also an interesting uh, piece that Vogue wrote about this film saying why 200 Cigarettes is still the best New Year's Eve movie ever. Uh, when it first premiered in 1999, this MTV-produced movie was Same wasn't reason e- Barack Obama's best black president ever. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of, like... Yeah. Uh, when this film first premiered in 99, this MTV-produced movie wasn't exactly warmly received by critics. In fact, the New York Times called it a chain-smoking shambles, but an enjoyable one. But many other cult films were considered bombs at the time, and while 200 Cigarettes hasn't enjoyed the sort of mainstream redemption of, say, The Big Lebowski, it's continued to live on in a, multi- in a multiple of... Cable so reruns and... Bo- I agree. It's not the big basket. No. Uh, but I'll just quickly say these two things. In addition to indulge, uh, it's entertaining to indulge in all the period references scattered throughout 200 cigarettes. In addition to all the smoking, there's talk of Reaganomics over drinks. The music is played on vinyl. The movie's era-based soundtrack is pretty incredible. It's back when MTV actually cared about music. Um, but basically, 200 cigarettes is a movie you should watch or rewatch on New Year's Eve. Let others fi- uh, worry about finding a date, about figuring out how to avoid Uber surge pricing this year. Why not stay in and enjoy the ultimate carefree party on screen? I do think that there is something to that. I think that this movie would actually probably be quite fun to have on in the background of a New Year's Eve party or something like that. I mean, I think this movie has a charming quality to it. Yes. Uh, I One thing that did annoy me yeah. about the movie, if I can... Absolutely. It made New York feel too small. I, yeah. Totally. Uh, like, it made New York it's feel... Like three square blocks. Yeah, three square blocks. <laughs> and, like, I don't know if you guys saw uh, High Flying Bird, the new Soderbergh yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. He made New York feel small, but that, like, worked in that movie. Yeah. This was well, just, was claustrophobic. like... claustrophobic. He was going yeah, for, Yeah, like, exactly. This, yeah, like, yeah. it's a different type of small. But yeah. in, this, in this world, it's just, like too coincidental Absolutely. And, and i fucking hate that <laughs> like it's so lazy yeah but yeah you are charmed by most of the characters it's weird because like when they all come together as we've mentioned at the end at the party we all loved that but i agree with you when they cross at the bars or they cross at clubs that annoyed me because that made it feel very small so i i, I wasn't bothered I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, <laughs> that shift in the chair. Yeah, I listening. thought about this one. All right. yeah. uh, so this is so stupid, but this is my thing. <clears throat> Dave Chappelle's cab 
first of all, I did not feel like they got the period right. This didn't feel like 81 to me. This felt like 99, kind of maybe trying to make people look and talk to them from 81, but it felt like 99 to me. Okay. They didn't get the cars right either, which is fine. Not a big deal on a small budget. But there is one vintage cab in this movie. It's Dave Chappelle's cab, right? It's true. And Dave Chappelle's cab has a nine or ten letter license plate, which is the kind of thing that drives me nuts. Okay. Oh, and it's also a vanity license plate on a New York cab, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Love to love. Don't, love to love, love you. To love love you. To, All right, so it's an eight. Love to love, love you, you. Something like that. So it's it, it's absurd. Like the disco song from love three years you, before. He's that big of a fan. Yeah, right. It's absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, so... To me, I'll just I just kind of chose to go with this and assume that we are not in the real world. Um, okay, and this, this is, is an interesting. Take. This, this is not. I don't mean like, like this is any kind of really oh, okay. real crazy. Like we're actually in, in a another dream dimension or, something like or a yeah. dream. Purgatory is these villains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just that, like, just that, like this, like, 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 like let's lower our expectations. Yeah. for the the realism of this because it's already ridiculously silly. Okay. And I think that I think that I I do think it was on purpose because of what you're talking about because there are going to be all these really kind of forced unnatural crosses and intersections that we just have to go with for the sake of this movie. So that's what I that that's kind of my feeling about it. Just kind of roll with this silly. Oh, of course, I uh, I totally I totally gave in. Like because. It didn't really bother me. I just yeah. it was a thing that I noticed and was like, really? Like this is a little bit. It's a little silly, but it's it's fine. It's just like the, it's it's a silly movie. It's kind of what I'm getting true. at. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, and <laughs> Elvis Costello goes to New Year's parties. I did really. I do. I do and love that. There. I yeah. I yeah. He picked up. He brought a guitar. <laughs> he brought his band and yeah, they played. His band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah, I'm like, like that's that's yeah. fine. That's that that, that makes sense. It tracks. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I, I. How do you guys feel about New Year's Eve? Just in general, I actually hate New Year's. I Eve. hate New Year's Eve. So everyone hates New Year's Eve. Yeah, I like that. Some people like it. I guess no, they don't. No, they don't. literal psychopaths like New Year's Eve. Everyone hates New Year's Eve, and I kind of like that about this movie it. that everyone hates New Year's Eve. Like it's stressful for people. You have to find someone to kiss or sleep with. Yep. You yep. can't get to the party. You have to find a date, or else you feel like a loser. Like the girls are going away from their mother. They have to call their mom. Like New Year's Eve. I've had New Year's Eve. I'm sure you have. Like have two being from the New York area. I've had New Year's Eve like that in New York. Hell oh, on earth. It's hell on earth. Like. <laughs> Hell like, on earth. Everyone worst to where like everyone's thought is what Times Square is. Oh. It's worse downtown. Like because there's Go to a, Times Square. At least you know it'll suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you're literally going to like the bar you're at all the time. I want to grow up thinking about it, it. It's so much shittier. There's more people. Everything's a little more expensive. Sounds awful. Why would anybody do this? Because you're fucking 23 and you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. And like Jesus Christ. That's you what, think this is like being grown up. That's what's actually kind of cool about the movie is ever <laughs> lovely angry Kenny is right now I, just I, even my, thinking about it. My for the probably the four worst nights of my life were four New Year's Eve spent in New York City. Uh truly the worst night of my life was a New Year's Eve Mine in New too. York City. Yeah. yeah. Jesus I don't Christ. want to talk about it on the podcast. I'll <laughs> no, talk no, about dogma. Talking. Okay. But yeah. I can't get into it. But the point I there I, I remember three distinct <laughs> Agree. <laughs> yeah. I remember three distinct New Year's Eves in the city doing the thing where you go to the bar that's near you. Yeah. It's packed. It, nothing special is happening. The music's louder. Um, and you're 
and you're just sitting there waiting. And like there were like two out of the three, like I was left without a date at midnight. And being without a date at midnight, even though like 80% of the bar isn't hooking up either, right? Everyone yeah. else is like so fucking miserable. Yeah. But like being without a date at midnight on a New Year's Eve in a bar in New York City, you couldn't possibly feel worse about yourself. You feel terrible. Like it's truly like you've been rejected by the entire city and it's just like the end of a year. And then you're like, well, next year's going to yeah. suck too. Next year's uh, going to suck too. And then like occasionally you, <laughs> after the bar, you go to like a friend's house and then you're drinking on a roof in like negative 10 degree weather. And that's- If you're lucky. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> generally, I generally, I'm going home finding a bong and falling asleep in it. It's like, it's yeah. so sad. This is really depressing. This guys. is, this is why I like this movie because it's, it's true New Year's Eve wish fulfillment. <clears throat> it actually sells, it actually sells the first hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes for all these characters. It just sucks. Every character, it sucks. It does it seem sucks, like it sucks. It sucks. And then like, wish fulfillment. The, the, the dream of New Year's Eve happens. And what I do also like about it is it has the Christina Ricci character who is, Somebody that you are hanging out with on New Year's Eve, like a friend of a friend who is having the time that you were sold. Yeah. <laughs> like she's having a great time with everyone she encounters. She just goes along with everything while everyone else is like, this blows. And that's what New Year's Eve is, is it sucks I, for everyone. I hate New Year's, just to be very clear. I have not had the New York experience. What have which you sounds- had, Phil? I mean, listen, like I've Toronto. Had, yeah, it's Toronto. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, listen, it's not, it's, it's got to suck the same way, right? People are, well, people, it does, even if they're Canadian. It sucks just be, true. It sucks just because to put that kind of expectations on an evening is just, is just silly. And you, and not only do you need it to be amazing, which in and of itself is crazy, but then on top of it, it's, you you will be utterly depressed if you feel like everyone else is having a great time and everyone else is miserable for the most part. It's just a, it's a shitty night, but it's also, I think part of it is we love clean slates. We love the idea of like the potential oh. of the next year. So it's hard not so to be bad. like, everyone loves a countdown. Everyone loves a thing where it's like, and this new thing not, is here. And not you can, everybody. Okay. Well, not most people. I, I'm thinking to. back to all, I mean, so I've been with Laura for so long that like for, I've been with Laura for like 12 years and for like 12 years, I've just got to, I've just got to ignore New Year's Eve, which has yeah. just been lovely. I don't get right. I'm still fucking living in it. I'm so sorry. Like, it's a, it's a it nightmare. Yeah. How, how long have you been married or with your wife? I've been with my wife for nine years. Nine like, blissful yeah. New Year's where you can go to bed at 11 o'clock. Yeah, like, I mean, like, like I remember one year we, like, dropped our <laughs> – we got dinner with our friends, dropped them off at a party, and then we're just in the car for the ball drop. It was like – that's It's well, any other night. It was wonderful. We have fallen asleep out of the last 12 th- years, probably seven. Here's what I years. think is interesting, though. Considering how inherently cinematic New Year's is, right? I mean, it, it it gives you a natural ending. It gives you stakes to a certain degree. It's just narratively literal ticking clock. Literal ticking clock. It's just it's narratively helpful. There are so few movies about New Year's, and I don't know if it's because ultimately this is the best version of it or whatever it is. You just don't get movies about New Year's Eve. You know what's kind of a New Year's Eve movie? Phantom Thread. That was that is kind of that's a great New Year's sequence. Yeah, Yeah. great New Year's sequence. Like I don't want to fucking go out. Yeah, but no, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so true. The realist. That's the he would fit in perfectly in two hundred cigarettes. I don't want to fucking go out. Oh God! If only Woodcock was in it. We talked a little bit before. Harry Met Sally does does the New Year's thing very well. Yes. 
Boogie Nights, I think, is way more yeah. way closer oh, yeah. to my New Year's Eve yeah. experience. Honestly, little, I think that little is Bill a, is me. Yeah, who hasn't <laughs> wanted to just yeah. shoot blow, the, brains blow your brains out in front of everyone way, you know on New Year's Eve? <laughs> the, the, the New Year's Eve experience I will not talk about on this podcast. No. Very close to Little Bill's experience. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it is a fascinating holiday. You know what I mean? There's just a lot packed into it. You project a lot of your own shit onto it. You make it seem as though it's a much bigger deal than it really is. It's it, time is a flat circle, guys. Like it doesn't ultimately fucking matter. Uh, it's just a clock that ticks over to something else. I think maybe that's why it doesn't technically lend itself to cinema is it is such a self-serving night sure that like in terms of like a holiday thing like you can't really have it be a shared experience like that's fair it's kind of this is my night i it's the last time i'm going to like eat sugar and like that's like (laughs) i mean that all the time yeah that's like a bad pitch but like that is i got a good new year's pitch (laughs) (laughs) i have one i've been sitting on this i just came up with that hopefully you guys will write it with me (laughs) the untold story (laughs) of the guys who really saved us from y2k you play it out <laughs> oh, right until that's actually fantastic. That's right that's until good. the that's moment good. of two thousand. Like they were actually like it's not, but yeah. it's not Ron Livingston in um in Office Space. Like there was some real shit. So we were really down. close to actually like well, it's untold. So yes, I when I tell the story, yeah, we and were unauthorized really at at eleven fifty nine yeah. and fifty nine seconds. They saved like, us. They finally saved us, or else the whole world. Would I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. Right. You we, have. Can we write it? Yeah, you yeah. have on TV Dick Clark and yeah, like, yeah. everyone like, sweating. Hey, yeah. This motherfucker doesn't even know. I'm yeah. positive I can sell this shit. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Right, That's great. a well. Well, I, I, the question is, Ernie, we, we cut to- this part out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we haven't watched the Y2K TV movie though. It might actually be oh, that. You 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 are aware that I I have watched that. Oh, you have? I used to watch it all the time. Oh it's, my God, it's it's oh, 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 sorry, not the Y2K TV movie. Yeah. My favorite movie from There's a Y2K TV My movie. true favorite movie from 1999 is the Y2K um like pre- preparation video. Oh yeah, like that's all totally the, all the yeah. things you have to do to prepare because the world's going to end. <laughs> this is a movie that Ken Olin, Joe Morton are in uh it is i don't know it's it's called y2k countdown to chaos that's there's your there's your poster for it yeah that's wow. basically what i oh, I love that yeah. Yeah. that's pretty good i'm gonna do a reboot i'm gonna do a remake of that movie yeah do it Dude, i will gladly i mean watch the shit out of it i love like the the dot Sorry. matrix font and like yeah it says it's millennium eve at the stroke of midnight, the Y2K computer bug kicks in, causing widespread chaos in the U.S. Oh, mine would be the opposite. Oh, but maybe we could do Superman, like a Superman version where it does happen. You know how, like, yeah. like Lois Lane does die. Yeah, yeah. And then you go yeah. back. I love that. Spin yeah. the world backwards. Fracture your narrative. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Anything's possible. All right. Y2K, guys. That was, I, it's, it's amazing that that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, they really got us. Huh? They really got <laughs> us. They, really they got us, us real scared. <laughs> it, <laughs> like for what? But isn't that amazing that we once lived at a time where Y two K was the thing to be worried about? Was the thing to be worried about? Yeah. And then yeah. now, like they're like climate change. The world will be different in twelve years and unlivable. And people yeah. are like, "Yeah, right. You fooled us once with Y two K. We're not buying it again. Got to give it a cool name. How it's cool just... of a name is Y two K? <laughs> it kind of is. It's an amazing name. It's an amazing name. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the plot of 200 Cigarettes, or what plot there is. Um, the movie opens with what I thought was a unnecessarily long credit sequence. 
Yes. Of I Want Candy, of everybody getting a title card. <laughs> uh, and I actually, it's funny because, like, I think the film. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. As we've all said, feels a little long in that first hour. If they had just shrunk this and just put this over, like, I, I think it would have, it would have, Helped them. They could have shaved a good two minutes off of this. Yeah, I feel like they should have used Ken Hardly Wait as a model for yeah. that. They yeah. they introduced every character super quick and got right into it. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. this takes its time. <laughs> it takes its time. It, yeah, and also uh, credit to first is Ben Affleck. And I noticed that it was alphabetical. Yeah, but I think it was also a like a way to get Ben Affleck to be happens all the time, <laughs> where you have like some alphabetical listing and the, the A just so happens <laughs> just to so be, happens like to be Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have that over. I want candy. Um. And and it, to your you you were mentioning this earlier, and we talked about how like the reason we probably can't see this movie is because of the fact that the the music is so solid. It really is. Like it, it just the music just gets you jazzed and you're just in and you know what it is. Also, uh a thing that I noticed that I loved, I loved about it is depending on where they were, mm-hmm. the songs were always correct. Like when they're at a popular bar, that's when they're playing the cars. Mm-hmm. But when you're back at the party, yep. like she's playing deeper cuts, like yep. Grace Jones, uh cover of Roxy Music, Love is the Drug, which I believe is the fourth character in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there really isn't, I mean, there really isn't a plot to this movie, but it ultimately follows a bunch of people, New Year's Eve, 1981, opens with Kevin, played by Paul Rudd, and Lucy, played by Courtney Love, in the back of Dave Chappelle's cab on their way to a party. And and I, I as I just I, the first thing I wrote was I don't know why but I already kind of like the vibe of this movie. You just you're already kind of on board. That's it, a good scene. It is a good scene. Yeah, it's uh, the Paul, best scene to start with. Paul Rudd has a great fake smile in he that. Does. That, that he like does. I didn't even know he was capable. Oh, it's so funny yeah. when yeah when he smiles and yeah like Paul Rudd and Dave Chappelle uh yeah. it, they had they have a good rapport. Paul Rudd and Courtney Love have a good rapport. It's a and great honestly, way to start the movie. And it shows you uh, that Dave Chappelle has more of a reason to be in this movie than A Star is Born. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Accurate. Oh. oh. No, nothing really? Can't. Bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised his name in that movie wasn't oh, Cab no- Driver. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Noodles. It was Noodles. <laughs> that noodles. Was his character's uh, name was Noodles. I don't want to talk about... Yeah, we're not going to talk about Stars. Yeah, Stars Born. But, um, <laughs> anymore. But uh, I, I was so struck by... by how Paul Rudd is by far the least iconic of that threesome. Like, 
Yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. You know, Paul Rudd is one of our, you know, biggest actors. He's had like a 25-year career. He stars in movies like Ant-Man. We talked about him in uh, Cyrus Rules. We talk about him constantly, yeah. right? Because he's in everything. He is in everything. And also in Hollywood, he gets talked about constantly because he's the only Paul Rudd. He's the only he guy. Is the only Paul you know, Rudd. it's like he's a Paul Rudd type. You hear about it all the time. And everyone's like, I think I can really get Paul Rudd. But uh, yeah. he's nothing compared to these two. The other two are super dopes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they really are. I mean, like, Chappelle is, with the exception of, like, John Mulaney, the biggest rock star in comedy, but he's carried it for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Like, he's had and it No forever. one does that. Yeah. yeah, and, like, Courtney Love is a literal rock star. Like, she has been a part of, of like, pop culture. She was in Sid and Nancy. Like, she... Yeah, it's... it's What's really interesting, not to go back down the, the rabbit hole on Courtney Love, but I will say that, you know, she's very good in The People vs. Larry Flint, but I'm not sure that it necessarily was that far out of her reach in terms of, you know, really tapping into that character. This is not what I expect Courtney Love to be doing, which is, is why this it's... This is who she really is. And it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Like, at no point did I think that's Courtney Love, if that makes any sense. Like, I was never... Like, I actually bought the performance... I bought her in it, and I never was like, I don't know. It's weird. She yeah. she kind of got me off of that. She's not playing a trashy like drug addict, no, or like a former stripper or mm-hmm. anything. Like she is playing just someone who lives in New York who is friends with Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like yeah. that is that is incredible it's that amazing. she nailed it so hard. Yeah. And, and to his credit, because I kind of shit on him in the beginning. She's so good and such a powerful presence. He actually does kind of have to race his game from a status point of view uh-huh. to be on her level, and I think he does. I agree. So good, good for you, Paul. He does, but the <laughs> int- good at doing the thing you do. The introduction, <laughs> of, as opposed to these other two, but, yeah. the introduction of Chappelle's character sets a tone for Chappelle's character that never really deviates. That never really deviates <laughs> is he kind of plays, you know, your magical black guy a little bit. But he pulls he, he has the thread that kind of pulls a lot of it together. Yeah. I mean, he has a magical cap. He does have a magical cap. <laughs> if, if it was a time traveling cab, I would not be surprised. No, I mean, no. it makes it's the yeah. same cab that uh, David Johansson was driving in Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's so funny, guys. I did think that well, as soon as yeah, you make some crazy U-turn for no good reason in the, at the beginning of it. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so then we cut to Monica, played by Martha Plimpton, who's panicking that no one's going to show up for her party. Um, I will say that her first scene has a very long wonder. It has a very long take where she's like walking around the thing, which I imagine they they did because they thought it would be more interesting. But I actually don't think it does the scene any favors like I, th- I we all love martha plimpton it's not that her performance wasn't strong but i just think that to chop it up would have actually made the scene more interesting no yeah i i I've, i noticed a lot of like artistic shots yeah. throughout the beginning of the movie that fade away right around the middle of the movie <laughs> yep. yeah. and i think that has something to do with uh the movie getting better mm-hmm. because once that's dropped they were never matching the tone of the scene they were trying to do. They were just, mo- it was movement yeah. for movement's sake. Mm-hmm. Like, I think even in the first bar shot, there's like this, like, Scorsese-esque, like, <laughs> following the character yeah. in. And you're like, this doesn't need to be here. Yeah. That's not this type of movie. Yeah, yeah. You're a talky movie. Yeah. Have just we, people talking. Have we spoken about Risa Garcia, the director of the movie at all? Mm-hmm. Well, we should. We because should. this is someone it's who's... crazy. She's been around Hollywood forever. And uh, kind of to your point. Um, a casting agent of, of Cat- unbelievable... Yeah, well, I mean, we should run it down. I'm, yeah. 
but which I'm not prepared to do. I'm going to have okay, to. Okay, I can do it. All right, but my my point okay. is, people who've been around Hollywood for a long time. The mm-hmm. three of us have been around Hollywood for a long time. Sean, I don't know if you've ever directed anything. One music video. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I I did the I ate the bones commercial. What is that? Amazing. I've never directed anything, and Phil, you've never directed anything in years, right? I mean, Since film college, school. right? So we all have these ideas in our heads of what we would do if we were actually given the camera, right? Yeah. And I think that's probably what happened here. A little I bit, think she's yeah. like in the beginning. Now I'm assuming the movie's being shot sequentially, but whatever. I th- maybe this is an editing thing too. But I th- assume she had some like really grandiose ideas of how to tell her story, her movie in ways that aren't super expensive, and then she got into the story. Yeah, I mean like it, it feels like that. Yeah, it really does. It feels like the shots were more important than anything yeah. that was happening. I, it almost felt like she didn't like the monologues that people were delivering. And she was, I trying. think she was, it seems to me like she was excited about a big ensemble cast, right? I mean, this is a, so I'll walk through her credits in a second. But, but by the way, hearing she was a casting director makes perfect sense yeah. on this cast because the cast is. A huge cool. cast of up and comers yeah. that, that have all popped almost all of them. It really is. And like, also, there's like weird things where like two people have been pulled from different movies leading up yep. to it, like Half Baked with Chappelle and Guillermo Diaz, who and I, Jenny Garofalo, and, and yeah, and Jenny Garofalo. Well, yeah. that's just because she's contractually obligated <laughs> to, to be, be in all nineties movies, <laughs> all nineties movies. True. Weirdly, <laughs> but miscast in this. I thought she was miscast in this. I actually don't think that she I, or not my favorite either. No, well, I, I th- love Jenny Garofalo. Just didn't feel. I like think she the was. character I, I as a whole didn't really make sense. You could have you could have pulled it from the movie. She was about. like, you know, she was like a female version of Joe from Say Anything. Yes, or at least yes, that, yes, that yes, character yes, was. Yes, yes, you yes. know, Janine didn't really play it like that, but that yeah. character felt like that. It should have almost been like this dreamlike, yeah. almost dialogueless. It should have been because it should like her whole thing was that she was a successful she had a successful one woman show or something yeah. and then broke up with Paul Rudd and she might be yeah. sleeping with this person. But then it re- it's revealed that she wasn't. And then she saw yeah, Courtney her- Love and Paul Rudd making out. And it was just like at that point, I'm like, am I now not supposed to be rooting for Paul Rudd and Courtney Love? Because yeah. that's like fucked up that Courtney Love said that to Paul Rudd. Well, it, that, yeah. That's where the movie started getting muddied. Well, when she shows up, actually, that was the that was the biggest. Are you serious? Coincidence? That was too bad. That was, that, too bad. That was like, that. why is she in this bathroom? What what's what's happening? Uh, of here? all the gin joints, I yeah. very much felt like that. So that uh, movie sucks too. What movie is that from? Oh, well, gin- <laughs> so, uh, so Risa, so the director, Risa, yeah, sometimes coincidences are good, guys. Um, started you on Roseanne, you should run them down. Starts it's on Roseanne, amazing. uh, but then she does. Wait, what, desper- are you, what are you talking about? Casting department. Oh, you're doing casting department. I casting. just said that's where it, it looks like that's where it started. She did 152 episodes of Roseanne. So you're I'm not gonna, doing, you're doing casting department, not casting director. Casting, I'm, I'm about to do casting director. I'm just saying that it seems like she must have cut her teeth on Roseanne. She did Desperately, Season, Desperately Seeking Susan in 85 was her first credit. Okay. Well, then, okay. Either way, Desperately Seeking Susan, Something Wild, Fatal Attraction, Wall Street. Then she uh, does talk radio. She does Uncle Buck, Born on the Fourth of July. She does a lot of Oliver Stone movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Steel, JFK, Sneakers, True Romance, Benny and June, Joy Luck Club, Speed. I mean, Natural Born Killers, Twister, uh, Inventing the Abbots. I mean, the list is just it's deep. Then she does. She starts doing more TV. Uh, CSI New York, Three Pounds. 
Masters of Sex, Gilmore Girls. You know, it's it's crazy what she's to about. this day. She does SEAL yeah. Team. She yeah. does the Affair. Yeah. She, it's an amazing career, and she's she obviously has an eye for talent, and she proves that with this film as well with a with an unbelievable cast. Okay. She, I mean, like, is this Kate Hudson's first film? Uh, that's a good I question. Let me see. I'll check. Big. I, it's. Film. I think it's her first big film, but I've got because I mean, film. like, that's a find. Yeah, her. Fr- I mean, she's party of five. Yeah, this is her first film. Yeah, the only the only miss to me in the entire cast is the Scottish painter. I he's a miss. He's a miss. He's too. He's also that plotline really depressed me. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's depressing. It doesn't pay off. It's just like, haha, this guy sucks in bed. That's the joke. Yeah, the whole. <laughs> Movie. I don't, I just, and now as straight white men, yeah, that offends us. <laughs> <laughs> it offended me. It just made me sad. Now they have an emoji for small penises, guys. What the fuck is going on? Uh, I have a point to make about this motherfucker. Um, Kate I Hudson or I, this dude? I would never call her a motherfucker. Yeah, I'm not kidding. My queen. Yeah. I <laughs> I have such a pet, such a pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. when you have a group of Americans who randomly hang out. With one Brit, as if it's not, as if it's nothing, as if it's not a big deal. It drives me nuts, <laughs> and it's so obviously because some casting director thought this person had a lot of talent mm-hmm. and put them in the role. I mean, I was on a show that I fucking loved that did this. Um, that we had, we had like the the male lead was Australian because we liked him, but it's absurd. It's so not like real life to it's me. True. So, yeah, no, it, you're a hundred percent right. Also, I love hearing. That. Also, at the the, you know, my, the the last guest was my wife, who has never said that to me in my life, <laughs> <laughs> including on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but also, like the reveal that his character isn't good at sex, it makes no sense uh, in the context of when it's revealed. When it's revealed, and right. also like his introduction is him going like, "Yeah, I used to date the girl. We're going to a party," and then Nicole Jai Parker gets very upset about mm-hmm. it, and she, then in like. Four minutes is like, I'm ready to break up with you, even though it seemed like she was super jealous. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, he's I, bad in bed. And then it it felt so add-on-y for it then to become a huge runner throughout the entire Well, that's, movie. I mean, Nicole Ari Parker and, um, uh, oh my God, Angela Featherstone are the weakest storyline in this movie. First of all, I don't, I never bought that they were friends. It didn't seem like friends, really. no. They actually have no bridge to the party once they lose the bridge. Once they lose that guy. And I don't love, no offense to them, I don't love their outfits. Like, I thought their outfits were, there's something about them that were, that were very off putting. Like, I think they didn't seem like girls who were actually, they they looked like guarded. I guess what I guess what I I kind of put it, they they looked guarded, they looked looked, um, off putting. Yeah. And I I mean, I would also say too that it feels like the the through line of their storyline is they're good friends. And we don't want to let things get in the way of us being friends. But they're also very competitive. And at the end, they decide, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to leave this party alone and it doesn't matter and our friendship's worth more than this. And then at the end, they're on the phone with each other and they both hooked up with dudes. And I'm just like, you guys aren't friends. You're fucking assholes. You don't really like each other. And like, why am I, Why did I spend any time with the two of you? And you're shitty about this guy that you dated. I, all yeah. of it just was You're just shitty like, about the Scottish guy. Then you're <laughs> shitty about the bartender because he wants to be a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, because like that's just a terrible thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's a lawyer. Yeah, well, we're leaving him. We're leaving him at this bar. Who, by the also, Ben Affleck looked really bad in this movie. He Can did. We, he well, they re- kind of made fun of him. They say that the gladiator hair, and- but I don't, I don't 
think it was I don't know. He just looked bad. He looked bad. I he agree looked bad you. in the movie. He didn't yeah. look hot. He did not no. look hot. He looked he looked kind of a little chunky a in little comparison chunky. to like he, Forces of Nature, where he seemed pretty. You know, he looked like party time Ben Affleck. This is like that right time where all those stories about him yeah. started coming That's out. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of. It was like Matthew Perry those seasons yeah. when he was, you know, his weight yeah. fluctuated. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll do two days on a movie in New York. <laughs> Snort. <laughs> <laughs> Being a Ben Affleck uh, stan, as I, like I as I am, I mean, I like I'm him. not knocking. I like I'm just saying it's it's been a difficult kind of. Fandom. 99 was not been as not, well recently it's a tough fandom it's been brutal i when he won the the oscar for argo 15 years ago <laughs> um it was like it was it was like this great moment for us ben affleck stands yeah. because he did it he'd come through he the world it out. then he got that insane back tattoo cheated on his wonderful wife and this is not his brother is like a, he's sexu- a terrible bad man brother, he's a terrible bad man his brother's winning oscars for being a sexual assaulter everything's a mess <laughs> But I have big hopes for Triple Frontier. I well, love J.C. Chandor. So uh, all right, no, you have you have a low. You don't, I don't like him? I don't, no, no, I, I like him. I didn't. I did not love a violent year. How about uh, Margin Call? Liked Margin Call. Oh, what a movie! Liked Margin Call. Didn't, well, didn't like good, uh, but... didn't like uh, a very violent year, and I didn't see All Is Lost. So I All Is Lost is amazing. Okay, he's the guy. He's the guy. I he seems he, like the guy I who, think who attaches himself and falls off projects a lot too. Triple Frontier is is a little worrisome even though it's the exact same plot as three kings i think a little bit um <laughs> but in general this in general this guy yeah. is doing some things that make me very excited about his future starting small soderbergh that's cool I, I don't i don't disagree he might very well go in that in that direction and i'll watch i, I imagine i will watch no, frontier unless the reviews are terrible <laughs> I love it. The shrug and it's free. free. What Netflix loves. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, but it's true. Like, they literally just, built their career. They built the whole brand like, of uh, it. It's on Netflix. It's free. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Like, but it's not. But it's free. Yeah. It is free. You're going to buy it anyway. You got to watch Russian Doll, right? <sighs> Russian Doll was great. Uh, the best thing they've done in a long time. Uh, so back to the plot of this of this the plot of this movie uh essentially monica's trying to convince her friend hillary to not leave because she's afraid no one's going to come to her party and hillary eventually is like i'm leaving and she's like well there's this guy that i want you to meet and she's like okay i'll come back so she just said she's going to come back she's basically the only actress in the movie that i don't know from something else yes correct yeah she's kind of a nobody no. She also looked weird. Like I, I she, she, she had a very strange look where I was trying to figure out if she was like yeah. Martha Plimpton's mom at first, which is like I mean not a great look. Yeah, I do not mean to insult yeah. this, whoever this person this, is. This person is. I mean, then we cut to Val, played by Christina Ricci, and Steffi, played by Gabby Hoffman. Now I think they are the heart of the movie. They're great. I they're love great. them. They're, I think they're super. They're fun. playing SNL sketch characters, <laughs> yes, yeah. and it fucking rules. Yeah, I love that about the movie too. Yeah, like I love Gabby Hoffman. Like, and this their is, accents are so off the charts. They're, they're crazy. Fantastic. I love it. Gabby Hoffman, like kind of had disappeared before this movie and after and then she For came back time. and she was like this is a now and then reunion though right it is yeah. and it's it's th- it was thrilling in 1999 <laughs> and it's thrilling now 
like watching them yeah. back together is they're great. They're great. They do feel there's there's very they're very familiar and very familial. Like they feel like they're friends. Maybe they are, I don't know. Yeah, I think they were actually like best friends growing up. And that makes sense. Oh really? They, yeah, and they oh, fucking so they fucking nail it too. Yeah. Like I feel like those characters are probably the most living breathing of all the characters. Of yeah. Just totally. being like the one friend who's like, Yeah, we're in New York, let's have a crazy night. And then the one friend's like, You lied to me. <laughs> and it's like yeah. I know someone who was raped on Avenue D. And then when she hears about Avenue D, she's like, no, Avenue D. I do love that Gabby Hoffman is in her version of After Hours. Yes. Which I do appreciate. Yeah. She's she's definitely in a different movie and she rules in it. Like I Gabby Hoffman yeah. is like a revelation in this she's movie. Great. She's great. She's also and to your point that you think the the screenwriter was Gab, Gabby Hoffman. I agree. I, she's the only one who actually feels like she experienced she was she's she was from nineteen eighty one. Yeah. So there's something about that and I'm sure like I don't know, maybe the screenwriter was was or wasn't around that age, but it seems right. Yeah. It's eighteen years later, it seems like she's probably in her mid thirties when she wrote this movie and Gabby Hoffman and Christina Ricci feel like a couple girls from they're from Long Island but whatever Jersey West, what is Ron Concoma Ron Concoma is that a real uh, place Ron Cocomo Ron Cocomo is, is, is that a real place or they yeah, it's that just that a Long Island place okay yeah. I just didn't know it sounded See, in New York it's called Bridge and Tunnel People okay yeah. right okay. you come to Manhattan via bridge or via tunnel mm-hmm. uh, Sean and I might might be those people yeah we're probably those people <laughs> you you come in you are technically dressed the part right but, but you don't you stand the part. Well, you, you yeah. literally well you don't i mean when you get to avenue d you don't know who the fuck you are when you get below 14th street you literally don't know where you are because it stops being a grid and starts being a big bowl of spaghetti <laughs> and, and so it's called alphabet city because of all the the letters well there are only four streets there but yes alphabet yeah. city is like the four avenues okay. that are like too far east to have numbers yeah it's it's, it's called the Alphabet City because it's nicer to say than like heroin, yeah, ra- <laughs> heroin town, rape pill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now Alphabet City now obviously like obviously now Alphabet City is like the nice gentrified yeah. 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 city. It rolls but then pretty it hard. Was, <laughs> then it was Rapeville. It ra- Jesus. All well, right. I mean, eighty one. The whole fucking place was Rapeville. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like yeah, like. It truly was like <laughs> eighty-one. The whole place was rapeful. <laughs> That's incredible and, and they, terrifying. Like, people were murdering sex workers in Times Square, and that was Times Square. <laughs> so back where there, there's no lights, what are they doing? <laughs> where there's no, no lights. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. It's really hilarious that, like, you know, Rudy Giuliani walks into Times Square. We're literally their dead hookers on every street. He's like, this is where we should put Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right over there where there's a beheaded dead hooker. Oh, that should be M&M's. An M&M store. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And, And to his credit. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it around. <laughs> he did it. The one good thing he's ever done. Um, oh, what a So we, we both love Val. We all love Val and Steffi. I actually, they reminded me a little bit, not in terms of performance, but in terms of like, the dedication to the bit, a little bit of uh, Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams and Dick. Yes, of course. Of just like fully committed, seeming like they're friends, seeming like there's a real connection yeah. there. Yes, of course. And like just playing like just honest to goodness 16 year olds yeah. who are in over their heads it's in these situations yeah. i love and i really do love their accents i do i love how nasal and just like ridiculously affected i just fantastic it's it's just so funny that they're 
in the same movie, minutes apart from like yeah. Paul Rudd, who's just like, Ooh. I want to go smoke another cigarette. What's the, I want to kill myself. Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> we're going to meet a band. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. There's so much stuff bouncing up against itself, in this, but, it, but it works somehow. Yeah, call your mother. <laughs> uh, but we need to find a payphone. Like, it's really fun. It feels like yeah. you're at like a high school yeah. talent show. I love <laughs> This movie, this movie is, it's like, the more we talk about, the more it feels like this movie was like one polish away from being a fucking Fucking masterpiece. masterpiece. Like, it's so close. close. (laughs) It really is. And I I would even say, too, that to your point, like the direction, and who, who the hell knows how it was actually boarded and how they shot it, but it does feel like the director gets more confident as the film progresses. So you do sense that that it, it just gets, yeah. I don't know, it just feels like it understands itself a little better as, as it goes along. Uh, Kevin and Lucy go to a bar. Uh, this is where they cross with Ben Affleck. Uh, Paul Rudd and Courtney Love, they really do have a great chemistry. Then we they cross with competitive friends Bridget and Caitlin, played by Nicole Larry Parker and Angela Featherstone, who attempts to ditch Bridget's boyfriend who's also Monica's ex-boyfriend, Martha Plimpton's ex-boyfriend. Then we meet Cindy, played by Kate Hudson, who's this uptight girl, and she's standing outside her apartment building, and Dave Chappelle is trying to coax her into his cab yeah. to come out into the into the world. Yes, and at first it comes off like, oh, here he goes, he's the magical guy yeah. again, here he is. And then it's like, <laughs> oh no, yeah. he is... Uh, uh, I'm surprised she gets in the cab. Let's just I put it know, that way. He's very, very sexual. Sexual yeah, with yeah. her. I mean, like he, he's from Rapeville. Yeah, like, like, right. like if is. this came out now, he would be an Uber driver that no longer drives for Uber and is in prison. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she, but here's the other thing about this Kate Hudson is that she doesn't sound like Kate Hudson. In that first scene, her voice doesn't even sound the same. It's almost like she kind of like, came, I don't know, came into her own. Either she was doing something at the top of this movie, and then by the end, she kind of whatever, but... Yeah, she makes some changes throughout yes. with, with a slapstick, but at the beginning, when you first meet her, the way she's like talking, and where she's like stationed and stuff like that, where she lives... It feels very like they're introducing like a Witt Stillman metropolitan character. Yes. Where like they're like, okay, here it is. She's uptight. She's a rich girl from New York. And And then it, 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 thankfully, it deviates from that pretty quickly. They beat the shit out of her. Yeah. Like she, I'm not, (laughs) she is Buster Keaton. She is doing so much slapstick. She is. And she's like real good at it. Yeah. Well, the, the, and we're just about to get to it, but I love, so she meets up with Jack, who's Jay Moore, and we realize that he's the fucking guy that she had sex with the night before. And, Boo. Boo, exactly. But they go to play pool at the bar, and the pratfall, the knocking the wine onto the, and then the pool cue yeah. smashing it. It's yeah. like, it's just, it's a crazy, and it all happens so fast that it's really jarring, but it's really well done. Yeah. I love her character, by the way. I love the idea yeah. that she has no friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I think that's really, there's just something really, I love the idea that she had never had sex before. What was it, like last night? Like, yeah. I, there, there's something so innocent and vulnerable about her but she's yep. still down to go brave the fucking scary city at night more or less alone yeah. um yeah, I, you do really you really learned by the end of the movie you love cindy and you love that she's with casey affleck oh the only thing i remember from this movie from when i rented it in 99 2000 whatever it was was her everything else that's interesting waited over my head but she, huh. so i mean can we use this opportunity yeah, to talk of about course, of course kate hudson absolutely um let's talk we, about kate hudson's how career. did we fuck this up 
Well, I mean, what I don't do think, think I don't think we're totally to blame. <laughs> I not, think not, not not the people in this room. Necessarily, I I think but, that, and but, we ta- we texted about this a little bit. Just the idea that she comes off of almost famous as beloved and one yeah. of you know what i mean like i mean like truly just like a superstar like yeah. we it's basically crazy. cameron crowe created an angel yeah and like yeah. We're, they're like hey hollywood here's an angel and who then they like, lose to in 2000 a year later uh, you know who it was don't even look it up okay uh pollock i forgot her name now but the person Catherine Keener? Uh, uh, marcia gay harden Mar- yes. were you sh- really no i'm not sure but it was it was like a really good guess right i'm gonna look it up but uh so she comes off of that and it's like she could do no wrong. And yet what she does coming off of that is I guess the big movie she does after that is The Four Feathers. She does that, which was a big Oscar thing. Everyone thought it was going to be huge. It was Wes Bentley, it was Heath Ledger. Uh, you know, Four Feathers, this. Four Feathers was supposed to be a big movie. It was Heath Ledger. It was I'll show you the, maybe I'll show you the poster because it's you might remember it based is on. Is it that. a period piece? It is a period piece, but it was like does this I mean remember anything? the poster. See? Uh, and, and it was supposed to be a big movie. And it was, that was, she came off of an Oscar nomination and she, she chased another one and wow. she went into, and, and no one cared. But then she does 10 things, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, There's which is your a big, big movie. Mis- yeah, it was a big movie, but that was like. And that's where it goes from there. Yeah, yeah. that's her, her mistake. But that's hardly even where it goes. So like. <laughs> I mean, that, it is. Well, yeah, but this is the thing I was saying last night. Okay, yeah. so this is, to me, this is essentially the, the arc of her career. Four Feathers, How to Lose a Guy in 10, in ten Days, Alex and Emma, which is whatever. Rob Reiner is finest. Um, Raising Helen, another whatever of a movie. People like Raising Helen. After that, she is, <laughs> after that, and that was only in 2004. Yeah. She is no longer top built anymore, yeah. right? Skeleton Key? She doesn't have top. I don't even know what that movie is. Maybe it is, but like literally, but I don't you know mean what Dupree it is. is the beginning. You mean Dupree? Yeah. She's the third build. Fool's Gold. She's the love love interest in a gold bikini. My best friend's girl. <laughs> she is my best friend's girl. Bride Wars. She's se- she, she's second banana in that yeah. to Anne Hathaway, right? Yep. Um, and that, I mean nine nine yeah. like if, if nine if nine was like uh, Chicago it would have been a different different story, yeah. but it wasn't. And then she's done. And well, remember- people like something borrowed for what it's worth. I mean, here's here's what ultimately it comes down to. And I, I think I understand the point that you were making, which is once How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days hits, because it's a big movie yeah. and it's successful. She's like, oh, this is my this is my lane. And she just it does. It is her lane. But it's, but it's subpar rom-coms that she's hoping are going to be as successful as How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And that movie is successful. And I, arguably, I have not seen that film, but I know a lot of people You've really never like it. never seen it? I know a lot of people really like it. I have not seen that Sean, film. Sean, have you seen it? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who hasn't? Yeah. Oh, Phil. I haven't. But <laughs> it's just this it. guy. <laughs> but it's, it's successful because I think people really like the premise, the chemistry between her and Matthew McConaughey. And she just never has another... She does fool's gold with him, and she hopes that she can go right back to that well, but it doesn't work. I, I think I think How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days is literally the worst movie that I like. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I would agree with that. It's such a it's everything about it is terrible. Yeah, well. except no, it's like it's the the the, the concept is insane. Yes, the yes. concept is insane. There are two dueling bets. The dialogue is terrible. Matthew McConaughey is so clearly from Texas that he's supposed to be a fucking Staten Island boy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, he's like, I love the New York Knickerbockers. <laughs> For real. And then he, then he goes, they go to Staten Island and you meet a Staten Island family. It's so stupid. 
And yet, like, is she, he better or worse in this than Failure to Launch? That I've never seen. But she is so <laughs> same movie. She's so <laughs> unbelievably charming in the in that movie. It's crazy what she pulls off. I mean, the, I guess the other argument to be made here is whether or not there's. And I, I like Kate Hudson a lot. I think she's fantastic and almost famous. I, I do wish that I got to see the alternate, you know, version of it. What else it, have you seen with her that you like? If you don't, if you haven't seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, I feel like you like her from one performance of maybe um, two hundred cigarettes. No offense, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. No, like, it's fine. I'm looking at, I mean, at other films of hers. I mean, truthfully, I love her in Almost Famous, so that's kind of it. But yeah, I, I, do, I don't. I just my, my point was more that I wonder whether or not there's just not that much there. There, like Sarah Pauly was supposed to be Penny Lane. She bailed at the last second before it goes, and Kate Hudson gets this role, and it's a star-making performance, and she's really lovely in it, and it shows that she's very good at that thing. But I don't know that there's that much to it. She's funnier than maybe we give her credit for, Pratt Falls and the like. Yeah. And and it feels like that's kind of it. Like, there's just not that much more to her. Yeah, I do kind of wonder if maybe I'm wrong. she is kind of just a subpar Goldie Hawn, who Goldie Hawn was incredible at comedy. And Kate Hudson's good at comedy. And like maybe that is just That's her. a very interesting take. I don't I, don't I love Kate Hudson. I just think we I just think we But didn't. what do you love her in then? I guess is my question. To well, throw I, it back at you. I know I'll tell you, I love her in this. I love her okay. in, in How oh, to Lose a in, Guy. No, in Almost Famous. And my point about how to lose a guy in ten days is is that in a really shitty movie, yeah. she shines. I haven't seen most of other shit. Like I've never seen Raising Helen, I've never seen You Mean Dupree. Like those movies were dead on arrival for me, even though I like her, mm-hmm. right? But if they had given me almost anything like, I don't know, like a Never Been Kissed or something, not that that's a good role for her necessarily, but but these passable rom-coms, yeah. the things that Anne Hathaway did over and over again, yeah. right? Yeah, you almost have to look at Julia Roberts as the model. Or Reese Witherspoon, I guess. Or, yeah. <clears throat> to a certain degree. Yeah, to a certain mm-hmm. because like I mean, Reese has more. There's more layers and depth to to her, I think. But as yeah. an actress, oh, absolutely. I think yeah. Reese is a better actress yeah. than Julia she Roberts. Is. But Julia Roberts well, and and Kate Hudson. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Julia Roberts always picked the right romantic comedy to do. Like she, she. I think Julia Roberts just understands her brand. I think that Reese Witherspoon didn't want to be America's sweetheart and decided to deviate from it. And more power to her for that. Yeah. Kate Hudson, however, wanted to be Julia Roberts. She yeah. could. She, she could have. She could have, if with the right projects. To your point, yeah. she picked. She picked. She could have killed like a my my best friend's wedding. She would absolutely. She would have done such a great job. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, in either, either of those role, roles, that's how I felt too. Yeah, you know, like roles. she's she's, and I do think that you know, people said she was great on Glee. I I, I had given up on Glee by that point, I but think I, heard I had that she, too. I think she was quite good on it, from what people said. <laughs> I did a give up a. <laughs> Ugly, and I, I don't, don't remember. remember. She had seven, ep- seven episodes. Um, but but I do think that I could see a world where Kate Hudson gets a cable series, or or you know what I mean. She she people like her. She's a very likable, very watchable actress. And unfortunately, the scripts just weren't there, and the projects she attached herself to just. If, if Kate Hudson got a television series, yeah, would you care? Because Drew Barrymore has a television series, and nobody cares well but we're not going to have this discussion but there is the netflix element to that as well i think to a certain sure. degree i think that i think if kate hudson Captain appeared data jones is on a television show no one cares no I one's watching really? facebook watch what's that 
It's oh. a Facebook watch TV show. Catherine Zeta Jones on a Facebook watch show? Yeah. She is. I, I think I think that if Kate Hudson was to show up on a on a Showtime show or an HBO show or something like that, I think you'd pay attention. I think if she I was think I it think, would be like camping <clears throat> and I don't think anyone would care. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I she's I I sorry, another person I love and root for very much, but yeah. yeah, I couldn't I couldn't finish the pilot of camping, but that's not it just wasn't my thing. I feel you. But I think I think she's an I do think that considering she'll be remembered for Penny Lane forever, it's an unbelievable performance in a in a in a beloved film, and if nothing else, she has that. Yeah. Um but and I think it's I, I do think it's Having so we just recorded a girl interrupted before this episode, and we were talking about how Angelina won for that, right? The, it's surprising that Kate Hudson loses for Almost Famous to we, to uh, Marcia Gay Harden. Let's in, do in an alternate. If you th- if let's say one of the other people that we like so much from '99 had won, let's say Tony Collette had won. Um, yeah, does Kate Hudson then win? You think you think there's a? I think Kate fatigue? Hudson. I think that Frances McDormand and Kate Hudson both being nominated for Almost Famous kind of nullified each other, unfortunately. Yeah, and they canceled each other. I yeah. think they probably killed each other in, in that nomination. Um, I, I think I think it's a little surprising to me because a lot. Of, I mean, I wasn't. I don't know what the prognosticators were saying in 2000, but uh, I remember the the chatter online, like in like on Ain't It Cool News, sure, uh, and Herc. It's yeah. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> Francis McDormand was the the favorite of everyone that, that year. Which, which again, by which, the way, I think she, she I mean, also it, was robbed. If yeah. I'm being honest, I think, I think either of those performances could have gone that way. It's a little surprising. I think that they both kind of canceled each other out. But my point is more that Kate Hudson winning is similar to Angelina Jolie winning, or or in the sense that she's Hollywood royalty, quote unquote. She comes yeah. from the you know the lineage and all that nonsense. And it is a star is born performance. Yeah. It is, it is, you know, she that movie only works if Penny Lane works really. She um she won the Golden Globe that year. Yeah. So I don't know I just I I because I don't remember it the same way that you do, Sean. I kind of remember Kate Hudson being more or that's less, how I the prohibitive, too, but that's not to say the that. prohibitive favorite going into that. Though there was that kind of like, oh, I mean, there's not really a great example. I mean, Glenn Close-ish kind of thing, you know, where there were these stalking horses. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that Francis McDormand's great, as is Kate Hudson. They're both great in that movie. And and I remember watching the Oscars that year and just being like, I don't even think I ever saw Pollock. So I was just like, Weird. yeah, I was okay. very confused about Marcia Gay Harden because at that yeah. time I think I only had known her from uh, Miller's Crossing. No, I I wish that sounds better. Uh, the first <laughs> first Wives Club. Oh sure, sure. Was okay. she one of the first wives? No, <laughs> she yeah, she was like Diane Keaton's therapist that's sleeping with Diane Keaton's husband. Oh, yeah. So she's. Evil in my Evil. eyes. And then she's beating my precious Penny Lane and William's mom. That's yeah. I don't I don't I don't really get it. It was a very strange thing. But um all that being said, uh Kate Hudson's career just didn't take off. Um despite the fact that she's great in this movie. Bit of a failure to launch. <laughs> I think I think that's Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> that's Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> who is also yeah. in, she in the First Wives Club. There you go. Yes. Uh so where were we? Okay, Cindy goes to the bathroom, drops her lipstick in this repulsive sink of brown water that was just, I, I was it gagging. It was vile. It was worse than the rats fa- falling out of the ceiling in Ratatouille. It was. That is, it is a surprisingly <laughs> visceral moment in Ratatouille. Yeah. When those rats come out of the ceiling at the beginning, you're like. I, I almost walked out of Ratatouille at it. I was so grossed out. And then yeah. last night I audibly gasped. 
My son was asleep in the other room. I guessed. It's truly disgusting. That was disgusting. Uh, Bridget breaks up with Eric. Cindy tells Jack she's a virgin. And just when you thought that Jack couldn't be more of an asshole, all of a sudden he's just like entranced with the fact that he got to have sex with her for the first time. Yeah, because he's an actor? And he's like, what was it about me? (laughs) Jay Moore, I I truly do not like Jay Moore as an actor. How was Jay Moore a thing? Was Action 99? That was his show, right? He had it a TV later. show. It was later. It was later. He was barely a thing. There aren't a lot of <laughs> guys like Jay Moore. To, to, I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but like, there are a lot of guys like Jay Moore in the world, right? That's true. But there weren't a lot of guys like Jay Moore in comedy at okay. the time. Yeah. So if you wanted a guy who could deliver a joke, but also like, be kind of a tough guy sports bro, you didn't yeah. have a lot of guys. So I think... I think that's kind of the lane he took, and he wrote it a long he did. way. But he did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's Kate Hudson's know. first romantic uh, equal, <laughs> well, um, and kind of last, but no. So then Eric shows up at Monica's. Monica dancing to Feliz Navidad made me laugh. Martha Plimpton. Oh, just, so just funny, great. so big and just great. Yeah. Ugh, she's, she's she really is a treasure. Uh, Val and Steffi think they're being followed by Tom, Casey Affleck, and Dave, played by Guillermo Diaz. These two punk rockers who want to deliver a package that we never find out what's in the fucking package. So annoying to me yeah. that you don't find out what's in the package. Yeah. It's Maybe clearly cocaine. Yeah. I think you think right. I think That's it's what cocaine. I, Marcellus will also so. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, Guillermo Diaz's hair is amazing. And- <laughs> <laughs> amazing to the point where I had no idea it was Guillermo yeah, I was Diaz like, until his final close-up. I thought it actually could have been the kid from Say Anything that uh, that they drive home at the beginning. He has hair very similar. The kid who's like puking in the... Yeah. In the, yeah, yeah. He has like this crazy like puff of like... And it doesn't matter. Uh, so then Jack is just taken with this whole virginity nonsense. And there's women watching him. Yeah, so when the exes of his is that what this like? I, they don't really make this clear. They don't make it clear oh, at all. Terrible. And then it's like you don't remember my name. You said, and then like they had just talked where he said his plan was to hang out with his sister. It's so confusing. I would have lost him from the script. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I just, I, I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it. It's never played out. It just makes him look like a, a fucking asshole. Like at no yeah. point do you really like this guy. And you're not really sure. And he, and he unceremoniously just like fucking kicks her in a cab at one point in the film. is just like, get out of my life. Well, you're also telling her story from his point of view. Right. Which I don't really like either. Like, right. I, I, you know, the whole scene in the Indian restaurant was from his point of view. And that just kind of felt like it was, it was taking her agency away. Um, I, I fully agree. Which I, I, like, I kind of get in a meta way like this girl does didn't have a lot of agency and then she, she gets it then she the gets end. it yeah. but i i still think that that's not the way to tell that story i agree with that so she also like then she eats a hot pepper at the restaurant and there's this whole like she really is just as good as she is at the physical comedy and she's quite good at it they kind of go to the well a yeah. few too many times with oh, her. Oh, yeah, it's nonstop <laughs> until her She's last a cartoon scene. character yeah. that just like trips over herself or falls in dog shit <laughs> yeah. or eats a pepper. It's like, it's just crazy. Now, I, I, I can't was, handle the dog shit. Now, I was wondering <laughs> if she wasn't like that the day before and that losing her virginity has. <laughs> now, that's a movie. Sent her off on like a. Her body just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't understand how yeah, it works. So fucking That's funny. fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Lucy dares Kevin to fuck her in the bathroom at a diner. 
and then Bridget and Caitlin fight over Ben Affleck, but I don't really know why because he's kind of gross and really pretty dull and just doesn't really bring anything to the role. Yeah, he s- says like these weird stock pickup lines. It's, it's, just, fuck- it's just fucking weird. I. It's crazy to think that at that moment he was already an Oscar winner. Yeah. That's silly. Yeah. And he was only like 28. It's crazy. So then Eric wants to know why Monica broke up with him. And we know most likely that the reason for that is that he's not very good in bed. Sex didn't sound that bad when he had the sex with the At the end, yeah. She suddenly showed him a great time. Yeah. 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 There was so much noise. And it's like, like, oh, congrats. He did it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought they were completing his arc. Yeah, it's like, that's what I thought. Isn't it kind of a nice Uh, arc that like, that that, like sex, like like casual sex with someone you don't care about isn't good? Yeah. And maybe these two actually care about each other? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently not. This movie sucks. Yeah, I thought it was a Nick and Nora yeah. infinite playlist type thing where like Nora's oh, never boy. come before and then Nick yeah, fingers that was her. weird. That was weird. And Electric Nick Ladyland Studio. That was weird. Well, it's not my favorite movie. <laughs> that was a weird moment. That, movie, that movie also has a disgusting, a uh, disgusting like hand in some disgust. It's worse than uh, Nick and Nora. That the Ari, what's her name? Ari Gaynor. Yeah, Ari Gaynor. She has yeah. to put her fucking hand yeah. in the toilet for yeah. her gum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would I would say it's that uh, Nick and Nora is kind of a spiritual daughter to 200 cigarettes. A little bit of that. Yeah, well, because yeah. there's a lot of like one night, one, one night, crazy one night in New York. Yeah. And Ari Grainer is... Yeah. Ari Grainer, that's Ari Yeah, Grainer. she's incredible in that movie. She's she she's a standard in that movie. Yeah. I do remember her being great. And I remember it was post-Superbad. And I remember everybody was like, what's, you know, Michael Sarah going to do next? And I just remember just going in with high expectations and being disappointed. But, but you're right about Ari Grainer in that movie. People are like, that was a real star. It was movie. a real star. Yeah. For Sometimes her. every once in a while, there'll be these movies that aren't particularly special, but there'll be that one yeah. actor or actress where they're like, this is that moment. For yeah. That yeah. It always stuck out for me. Like when I see her, I, when I see her in something, I'm like, I'm going to see that because I like Ari Grainer because of that one movie and she's never kind of reached that again yeah she's although a, a uh, for a good here. time call or what that was no, i haven't seen that. that actually that movie was cute um anyway i'll be so they hook up in the bathroom stall janine garofalo discovers them it's uh, it's not great uh then val and tom kiss which is the beginning of of what i feel are like a lot of very aggressively open mouth kisses throughout this movie where I'm convinced people are like going to unhinge their jaw and swallow the other person whole. Yeah. It's just, I I don't know. It's weird. I don't really know. Yeah. I was almost wondering if that was like, uh, Christina Ricci trying to show how this confident character is actually super inexperienced. Well, that, but then she doesn't know how to kiss because at the end, it's kind of revealed that she, it might is be this, a child. It yeah, might be a child. This, <laughs> it's like a straight up child. Another another great Jay Moore part of this movie. <laughs> yeah. It might be this confident actor doesn't know how to kiss. It's oh, also, yeah. also possible. Yeah. But it was just like I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah, it was Stop. it was disgusting. Was this her first like grown-ish role? Buffalo 66? Gross. <laughs> yeah. That was grosser than this. Grosser. Yeah. Uh so then Eric is grilling Monica for reasons as to why he's bad in bed. It doesn't really pan not the out. Best, not the best. Uh, you know, when you have a big movie like this, there's always going to be one or two plot lines that are absurd. 100%. And, and some of them suck, work, some of them don't. Yeah. But, you know, you can't all be love, actually. Then Cindy tells Jack that there's nothing really special about why she slept with him. He just happened to be there, which is, I don't know, he's crestfallen by that. Uh, Ellie rants about relationships in the back of Chappelle's car. And I didn't think that Janine was 
particularly well cast in this movie, but she does have one line reading that I really loved, which is she's trying to light the, the matches and she just yells, these matches are disappointing me. That <laughs> I, I was like, that, that, yeah, was, that, that was, was great. <laughs> Cause like that felt like her. Yeah. The rest of the dialogue just doesn't feel like her. That's the unfortunate no. part. And she can't really, it's just, there's nothing to do with it. Uh, Bridget and Caitlin ditch Ben Affleck. Cause he says he wants to be a lawyer. <laughs> Uh, Lucy's decides she doesn't want to have sex with Kevin. She realizes she can't just keep going through life having sex with people. Yeah. Sure. Feels a little bit like she just needs this decision in order for her to then see him with Janine and whatever, but I yeah. don't know. It's it's fine. And now we're at the, the part where like Elvis Costello's what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding is blasting and everyone's showing up at this party. And I'm just like, I wish I could go to this party too. Yeah. Like I feel like I've the... spent enough time with these people that I love them and I, I want to like hang out with them. At the, at the end, I like yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, it truly is a, a trick to get there. And like, <laughs> yes, you're not like, I remember uh, pausing it to take my dog out at like, uh, and it was 37 minutes in. And I was like, it's only been 37 <laughs> minutes and I have an hour left. I kind of felt the same and way. And then by the end, I was like, yeah, I could, this I could, scene got me yeah. so excited. Yeah, yeah. I can't, but by the third act, I was like, you could give me 10 more minutes of this. Like I could actually, I would, I actually wish I was spending more time of with the wrap ups. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. They were, they were, they were lovely. Great. They were fantastic. And the way, to their great credit, the way they held out on Paul Rudd and Courtney Love until the end. Yep. I was like, give me them. Give me them. I need <laughs> exactly. these two together. Yeah. I need these two. Yeah. And they it's did, great. And they got it was it's beautiful. Great. What a movie. What a movie. And also like how you had me fucking rooting for Casey Affleck and Kate Hudson to kiss. And I didn't know anything about how they got together. Yes. And it was just their yeah. one. I was little, like, I love these two. I love these two. I love this couple and I want to see. That's how I felt. I was yeah. like, these these two. This is a missed opportunity. These two could have been a forever couple. They yeah. could have been fucking Hanks yeah. and, and Ryan. Yeah. It's going to be great. I loved it. I thought that I that, and also they also got something that helps them too, which is location. They got to be yeah. at the uh I don't know what bridge that they were in front of, well, but some, I mean I, maybe it's the Hudson. I am, I am from know. New York, but we don't have an encyclopedia. <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge of bridges. There's the Brooklyn Bridge. George Washington Bridge. I can't tell if you're fucking with and me. Any, right other, any yeah. other bridge in New York is just they're, a bridge. Let's just say they're, they're uh, of, on the Hudson. They're yeah, like, it's yeah, just, it's in front picture, of They bridge. get the picturesque ending is yeah, the point. Think, of, they, they get the best aesthetic behind them is what, all I'm saying. The rest you, of the No, I'm with you. I think yeah. it was East River. But it was wonderful. Oh, it, well, yeah, I think you might be right. It is the East River. The, because they were in <laughs> Alphabet City, yeah. Yeah, I think it was East River. <laughs> the only difference between the two is I think there are more bodies in the Hudson. Yeah, so they're. Oh yeah, no, they're. It's the Williamsburg Bridge. Could be the. Could be the Williamsburg Bridge. Yeah, yeah, or the. I. That's what I would. Yeah, because yes, because you know, because you'd have to go further for the Queensboro, my man. Queensboro, you have to go Well, you know, it could be the Manhattan, though. It's the Midtown race, not the Downtown race. There are three different in downtown, not the original race. But if you want to talk about pizza, all right. Oh Jesus Christ! So yeah, they get a great ending. Then we get our Polaroids, which we talked about, which is is just a great device where we get to have Dave Chappelle talking over what actually transpired at this party, which goes on for a really long time and still like I work because you want to, to know what stuff. happened at the fucking party yeah. and they give you just enough that you're like this was obviously one for the books this is a great party and everybody had a great time the hangover stole and it's and then the hangover stole mm-hmm. uh, it just works um, so Shock. we do a we do a rating Shock. on this on this podcast mm-hmm. where we do uh, 0 to 99 99 being the highest 0 being the lowest and we rate the film from if we saw it in 99 what we thought of it then what we would rate it before this podcast, and then as if the podcast might have affected that grade, we do it after the podcast. Um, so I will go first. Okay. As you as you mull over what you're thinking. In 99, I probably would have given this film a 65. 
Um, it didn't really give, didn't leave much of an impression. Didn't really do much for me. I remember, you know, one of the, I think it was the first movie I ever saw at a, at a theater called silver city at young and Eglinton in Toronto. I remember being excited to see a movie at that theater for whatever reason. And this film was just not that, but left it. It was fine. Watching it before this podcast last night, I probably would give the film, I don't know, something around there, maybe a 62, maybe it went down a little bit. This podcast has really helped this film. I think I'm now at like a 72. It's not that much. That, that hasn't helped that much. 72? That's really all you feel with this movie? Yeah. Maybe 75, maybe. All right, great. Cool. <laughs> you want me to go or you want to go, Sean? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't remember seeing this the first time. I remember like physically where I was in mm-hmm. my basement, and I remember watching it. Only remember, I only remember Kate Hudson. I can't give it more than like a 40 because like it meant right, nothing right, right. to me. Sure. Like, it meant nothing. And I never wanted to watch it again. Um, I gave it a 75 after the watch. Really? Okay. I was going to give the it The ending a, worked that well for the you. The ending, it was like, it, cause I remember go, cause I, I had to like leave. I watched it in two sittings. I had to leave and came back that night. And after the first sitting, which was like an hour and 10 minutes, something like that. I was like, this is like maybe a 55. And then like, it's like, I, it was like every five minutes. It was like, wait, wait, no, I think I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. it's even higher. I'm going 81. Wow. wow. I, I actually wow. like I I think I love this movie. And I think I anything above 80 is like kind of yeah, no, that's, like that's, shit I yeah, love. I agree. I would watch it again. Like I would watch it again tonight because now I think the first hour plus Makes are you, things that we would I agree. You I think you would feel like I agree. things that we, like we would really enjoy. I agree. Um, I think I think this like, movie would probably if I was to watch it again right now, I think I would have a lot more love for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched it a lot uh, growing up. Uh, I had a huge crush on Gabby Hoffman growing up. I had a blog in 2006 about where is Gabby Hoffman. Turns out, experimental theater in New York was super easy to find. Uh, I, I had the same crush, by the way, because yeah. I feel the genes of my favorite movie. So, yeah. like, for, she she's like right our age. Well, she's older than you, but she's like right my age. Exactly. Isn't she sleepless in Seattle thing. as well? Is that is that not Gabby Hoffman, uh, or am I making that up? As the friend been. of, she's so cute. As I think she she might be now and then was like a, yeah, just like then, a little right. boy dream, and then when she she disappeared after now and then, and then came back in this, and she kind of looked older and like a woman, and I was like, oh cool, Gabby she, Hoffman. She was in a Everybody or Everyone Says I Love You too. Yes, yes. yes. that was yes. still yes. short. It was like ninety seven. I think it was still sort of like yeah. So my wheelhouse. because I watched it so many times, I'm going to say back then it would probably be like a 71. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But gearing up for last night, I was dreading watching it again because I thought it was going to really, really, yeah. really be terrible. So last night, probably like a 48 in terms of excitement. Okay. Oh, in terms of excitement. In terms but of excitement. Having watched it. But after having watched it, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to have to say... 75 is, uh, okay. I think, the the right okay. number for me because I did have problems. I don't think it's an incredibly well-made movie, but it is fun. It is fun. It is fun, and it's sweet, and it it deserves to be seen by people. I agree. I think, you know, there are so many movies we do where, where I, I feel like people should watch them because they'll enjoy them. This movie is a little different in that, like, I almost feel like, why wouldn't you watch this? Yeah. Like, like, why would it, like, you, you actually will just enjoy your time. This isn't like homework or eating your vegetables. It's just hard like to that. find. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's no one can problem. watch it. I, I wonder whether or not someone will just snag it. 
and just like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get a criterion of 200 cigarettes, but like someone might buy it and just be like, fuck it. We're going to, yeah, this seems like a shout factory thing. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Like truly like it is like a pretty good representation of 1981, uh, New York. I mean, like there are things that they get wrong. I think that, uh, I think metropolitan takes place at this same exact time. Sure. And I think that nails 1981. a bit more. Me too. It's it's so great. But like, The idea, what I love about that is that these two movies could take place basically the same year, the same timeline, because that's a holiday same, movie. The same place. Yeah, the same place. And they feel like you're getting to see a glimpse of another world. It's like totally. it's like watching a documentary about CBGB and watching a, a documentary about Studio 54. They're happening at the same exact time. And, it's crazy to think yeah. about the, the cross-section of shit that was going on in New York. In New York. It's crazy. At, at, at all times. So many people dying. So many yeah. people being killed in Times Square. <laughs> New York is such a weird place. Yeah, and you watch The Deuce and you realize how much murder was happening. Jesus. Yeah. The Deuce. I know. I mean, obviously, if you picked any year out of a hat, you'd have a... Uh, Several New York movies, fifty New York movies. I feel like we've had a bunch. We've had a lot, um, and we have yeah. more coming up. New York, New York is, is so endlessly fascinating to me because when it's, you spend a lot of time there, it really does feel very small. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you feel that too, but like, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I would run into people all the time in New York, and I'm like, that's crazy. Like, I was literally just talking about you, and so assumed funny. you died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So next week, next week. We're doing Stuart Little. Yeah. I've never seen Stuart Little. Neither oh, have I. get ready for Jonathan Lipnick. Is it a New York story? Is it a New- <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, we have Dana Schwartz coming on as our guest yeah. for Stuart Little, which we're really excited about. Um, yeah, I don't I, – I, 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 I don't know much about Stuart Little. I know he's a mouse. I know he's got a little car, I think. It was my favorite book when uh, I was a child okay. for a very long time. All right. Uh, so you're, you should get ready for that, uh, <laughs> that it would appeal to a dumb child. <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, it's an E.B. White I think, book. Is it? Okay. All yeah. right. I, don't, I literally all – I can see the poster – I know he was a sassy little mouse. He he wore sassy. some he wore some pants. Yeah, didn't he, he have pants? pants? Looks good. He's a sweet mouse. He's a dapper mouse. But he has like a he has some sass because he's uh, voiced by Michael J. Fox. Oh, it's like interesting. The, Who else is in Gina Stuart Davis? Hugh, Hugh Laurie. Laurie. Oh. Hugh Laurie's the dad. It was okay. always like the Franny and Zoe to Char- Charlotte Webb's <laughs> Catcher, Catcher in the, the Rye. Rye. If you know what yeah. I mean, E.B. Yeah. White, yeah. White, oh. White just That's had like E.B. White had like two things. Uh-huh. Maybe in like the 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 book about writing, which is like insane. Like you're at Charlotte Webb, you can't give me fucking, <laughs> you can't give me tips. But like he had like two things, and like this is the second thing, right? But it's not Charlotte's Web. I mean, Charlotte's Web time is time is classic. This is Charlotte's Web is also super super sad. Yeah. yeah, this is a this, this is, is a, a this is a jaunty. This, dude, yeah. this, this is about a this is about Michael J. Fox as a as a mouse who wears Converse and drives in a little car. Yeah, this is <laughs> the equivalent would have been. It's, it, so it would be like if podca- Nicholas podcast, Sparks. Yeah. Nicholas Sparks me uh, wrote the Notebook, and then right. the next thing he wrote was like going in style. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is an incredible <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like Evie White's like animal talking animals are my thing. Okay, yeah. that one was sad. Here's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one for them, one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a fun well, one. thank you so much, Sean, for coming on yeah. here. Will you come on again for? Yeah, another? it was a delight. Oh yeah, my god, so this was I, so fun. Oh. I had such such a good time. We're, we, well, I'll send you the list, and or you can go through the list that I sent you, and we'll find something else because this was a blast. 
You're on Twitter. What's your What's your handle on Twitter? Uh, at Sean O'Cons. Okay. Yeah. Sean just O'Cons. Fo- yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I have a podcast coming out on the Comedy Central. Oh, no. sweet. Okay. Uh, in April, I can't say the name or okay. the what it's about. Content. Uh, but your voice will be heard. My through voice the, will be heard. A microphone. Yeah. So follow me and find <laughs> out if if you want to listen to me talk about stuff there. <laughs> Well, there's a real lack of specificity to that, but we yeah. hey, look forward to, to talking there, about it in the future. Everyone on, everyone who listens to this will be there because it's yeah, such a delightful podcast. This was fantastic. A lot of fun. Yeah. Stuart Little is a New York movie. It we'll is? See, it is. Of course it is. We'll see you in New we're York with the Little Stuart, Mouse. We're also Stuart Little Live. Uh, I'm great. at uh, PM Iscov on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Podcast Like 1999. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.